Hey everybody, welcome to The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 189 with my buddy Joey Camacho, who's a 3D artist and designer. We're going to talk a little bit about him as we go into the intro to this show, but this topic we're going to start off with before we get the episode going is we're going to talk about the why, and what I mean by why is W-H-Y. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do I do the things that I do? So many times this comes up in conversation uh, amongst friends, colleagues, fans, uh, via emails um, and all kinds of different forums. And constantly people are asking me, you know, hey, I can't figure out why I'm doing this thing or I'm lost. I'm at a job that I don't really like. Um, I'm I'm doing this thing that I'm not really passionate about, uh, so on and so forth. And I've been there. I know exactly that feeling. um, And I'm not saying that I know all the answers, but I've found out what works for me. And it's really important um, to do constant evaluation. Joey and I talk about this a bit in this episode, which is really great. And he sheds some really great light onto, you know, understanding that dissecting and using tools to dissect really what it is, you know, the core, uh, you know, reason why you do the things that you do. So some of the things that I think are really important for you as an artist or just a creative or just a person in general um, is understanding why you do the things you do. Um, it just really helps you align. You know, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, a lot of our, our actions nowadays are based on this like dopamine drip of uh, being, you know, in the likes and the Facebook stuff and like, um, you know, Instagram and all the social media stuff where we get this little drop, uh, you know, we release something out there and we get this release and we, you know, share it with people and we get elated. But we also get, you know, somewhat destroyed, destroyed and we, we miss that validation. And so that's, um, you know, this is like this one aspect of, you know, the why people do what they do. Um, but it's also just it's really important to ask yourself why. One of the things that I think is really important to do is constant evaluation. What I mean by that is it's, you know, taking the time to really sit there and be honest with yourself and ask yourself, like, Hey, why do I do the things that I do? And oftentimes you'll find that they're quite shallow, the decisions and the things that you make. And they're either it's quite shallow, they're impulse driven, or they're not really, you know, focused on, you know, exactly what chief goal, you know, if you're like me, you know, you're just kind of, you're going through life and you're exchanging ideas and you're, you know, learning from your failures and you're constantly just, you know, moving forward through impulse. But the moment that you take a second to really, sit down and and evaluate, why am I doing this one habit? Why do I feel stressed out? Why am I, you know, this and that, whatever it might be. Um, It just really helps to take the time to really ask yourself why it is that you're doing the things that you're doing. Another thing that I found that's really important is to have people in your life that you love and that love you as well, aren't jealous of you and really care about you and your well-being. And those are people that you can trust that are willing to tell you, you know, when you need help or when you need alignment or if you can come to them and say, hey, I'm feeling misaligned. I'm not happy right now. And they can give you, you know, advice or they can just listen. So oftentimes that's all you need is just somebody to listen to you. And that really helps as well as having somebody to kind of be there to help you understand. You might be in a job that you really don't like or you liked it at first, but then you're growing out of it. That's a constant thing I hear, too. And I've been through that as well. Um, and you just, you know, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is, is money your motivation? Is it validation? Is it money and validation? Um, and, and nothing wrong with these things either. Like it's nothing, it's not wrong to have or want money. I don't want this to sound like I'm ranting on this stuff, but I'm just wanting to make sure that I'm trying to give you guys some tools. And I'm also trying to give myself some tools. Joey gives me some tools in this episode about finding that why, which I think is really important. 
And I think the key is just finding what motivates you and what inspires you. You know, oftentimes I'll just go back and watch a movie that I really loved from, a, from when I was a kid and just kind of recentering to that. I found for me, I'm constantly trying to go back to that childlike self that would just create aimlessly and, and just on my own and however I'd wanted to and create the worlds that I'd make. And that's kind of what in, inspires me. It might be completely different from you. And I hope it is because, you know, it would be a shame if we were all doing the same thing. Um, and like I've mentioned this in the passion project things, but the a true sign that you're, you found your why when you're discovering it is that time really just ceases to exist. It just kind of disappears. And you're really in harmony with your mind, your body, and your soul. They're all kind of connected. And you're just doing that thing. And I know that when I found my why and I'm really seeking out and working on it and doing the thing that I'm supposed to do the most, um, that's, well, that's what really, that's a, that's a, a, a really good sign that when time completely ceases to exist. So it's a good sign. And I think the most important thing before we get started is I think you really just owe it to yourself and the rest of the world to find your why. And to live your life to the highest of your potential, because you're really going to, you know, lead an example for everybody else. And it's going to help you and the community and everybody else around you. If you can really find that core purpose and find that why you're doing the things you are, you know, so I've seen so many times people to go on autopilot and they're, and I could see it, but they're not aware of it, you know, and they need to be, you know, just woken up a little bit and say, Hey, you're, you're, you've been doing the same thing here. And I think, you know, and I can tell you're not happy. So, you know, maybe try to make a shift and a change. If you're listening to this and you're completely happy and content, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. But if you're listening to this and you feel like you could use some help or, you know, shifting gears and stuff, then um, we're right there with you. You know, it's, it's a journey. So, but um, yeah, so this is a really awesome episode. I'm really stoked. We were supposed to do it and then cap it at a, like an hour and a half. <clears throat> um, time got slipped away and Joey and I are friends and we've talked um, prior and we actually met in person when I was up in Calgary. Just an awesome guy. Um, he's been, you know, he originally was doing music, I believe. And he got off and got, went on to started doing um, graphics and designs. And he was really inspired by what uh, Mike Winkleman, a.k.a. Beeple, has been doing those every days. And we talk a bit about that and just kind of how that's influenced him. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, technical things as well. So if you're in CGI and you're interested in like rendering and all that kind of fun stuff, um, we have, you know, <laughs> we get off on a tangent of uh, just talking about tech and all that kind of fun stuff as well. But um, some of the really things, the, the great key takeaways that I found in this one is Joey's talking about his art, um, the art and balance of patience and commitment. Uh, you'll find it later on this episode, but it's just like, it was just um, really cool and very eye-opening and it's a lot of really great knowledge and some really cool things that happened this episode. It makes me super excited to share it with y'all. So um, here we go. It's going to be episode 189 with my buddy, Joey Camacho. Let's roll. Now, television is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I try to not have more than like one hour of television a day, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that, but then I'm watching like hours of tutorials. Totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> Consum YouTube, consumption so. in any form. Yeah, the brain's hungry, you know, I got to feed that thing. Yeah, that that kind of kind of segues into some stuff I wanted to talk to you about, which is something yep. we kind of did together too, which is like learning and stuff um, totally. and, and when to learn, how to learn and what to learn. That's probably a question that comes up a lot too. Like a frequent, frequently asked question from you probably is like, 
hey, bro, what button did you push, man? <laughs> or like, uh, did you... Uh, which render should I use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which is valid. Hey, you know, I'm just being an asshole, but it's valid. It's just <laughs> yeah. fucking annoying when thousands of people at the same time. It wouldn't be annoying if like it was just a couple people. I'd be like, yeah, of course, I'll show you all the, the skills and all that stuff. But then like when it's a thousands and like a redundant, and just like, mm-hmm. man, why don't you all just fuck off? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a tool. Like that's the crazy thing is like they're I don't know. Like it's been a you know this might get a little deep pretty quick but i've i've been go deep <laughs> go deep i've been <laughs> go deep Batman <laughs> voice yeah i've been uh it's just been something that i'm just trying to like be aware of both in myself and kind of in the community a bit with with that whole like what do i do you know where do i start what button do i push and you know um how do i get there yeah you know like legit question like, yeah like how do i how do i get and the there is even difficult to describe because whoever's perception of there is yeah. is like their perception of where you are. So it's hard to describe to them where you think you are to them, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right? That's so, true. It's very true. So yeah. it's like, here's how you get here. And it's like, I don't even know if you want to be where I am. Like, you don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's bringing sure up a you... four o'clock deal with render engine crashing and stuff. It's awesome. There's a, yeah, there's this like, you know, we can we can all attest to it like that there's this like there's this kind of and maybe this is like an over the top word, but I've been aware of it more that there's this kind of like a stigma attached to artists or whatever that there's this suffering both from like a, you know, whether it be like a, a perfect like a financial, you know, gain or a suffering from like, you know, like the suffering artist or the starving artist. But then there's this true like kind of like grind like that we're we're navigating or trying to navigate a space that is hopefully a little different than what someone else is navigating. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward and we're looking, you know, and we're aware of what's out there, but we're not, we're not following someone's footsteps, you know, like we're, we're, we're going down that path kind of similarly, but we're starting to forge and that takes, that that, that can be, that can be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you have to be willing to go through that, um, that vulnerability state. I think the big problem probably, and a lot of it is, and, and a lot of this is like something that's been coming up a lot in just my radar and mentally is just that social media and all that stuff is a weird, like a weird social experiment gone wrong. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it's due because like, it's almost like, um, the, I don't want to just say it's just like the person that, um, like looks like crap, but then they put on all this makeup and everything and then they go out in public, they're somewhat presentable. I think mm-hmm. that's the same thing on social media. We're all falsifying our own existence because you're only seeing like the smallest bit of the sliver of the experience. The The rest of it is like, um, and which is part of our, just kind of our society. And we just like to romanticize things. I think a lot of it comes from just like our upbringing through being digested through Hollywood, like the way we consume things through Hollywood kind of. Totally. Um, so like when we present ourselves, we obviously want to present ourselves in the best light, but I think it's actually very dishonest and I think it causes a more or less a disruption uh, to people that aren't in our space, you know, like, or uh, for me, even like when I would start out, if I would go through a book and I didn't, I think it was a little different when I was coming up because I'd look through books and, mm-hmm. and YouTube was barely starting off. But then there was like those, um, those Nomen DVDs, which were really great. And I learned mm-hmm. a lot from there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like in my face all day long, every day. 
and there's like this whole status thing, like this game status kind of point system thing happening too. So the likes, yeah, the likes and the followers and all that kind of stuff. And I think it, it actually um, creates more of a drama and more of a, like a a problem and error if you're not really privy to it. It's something I've been thinking about like a lot and just trying to think like, should I start showing more or less like the struggle, the struggle to get those things, you know, and does it matter? I don't know. So what's your thoughts on that though? Cause, because like the whole social media, like is you do the same thing. Like you'll go through and you make, you, you go through the, the monotony and the grueling part of like learning a, a render engine. And then the thing that people actually see is like the final result. Does that, what matters more that or the process or like when you go to eat a meal, do you want to talk to the cook about what he had to deal with slaughtering the pig? I mean, what, you know, to yeah. what extent does this end, you know? Well, I think there's uh, the two kind of examples where you talk about like the end result versus the process. And then you also talked about this person who, you know, slaps on makeup. I think, I think the makeup analogy is like, you know, looking your best versus being your best and understanding what Mm. being, being your best would be. Like if that person's just putting on their game face, but they're sitting at home, you know, eating potato chips and they feel ugly inside. I think that's different than someone who's, you know, being fit and, and exercising their mind and trying to be the, let's if in the case of an artist, trying to just be the best artist, then they should be okay. Just going out looking like shit really like, true. <clears throat> because, true. because yeah, because intrinsically like what's more attractive, right? You know, Confidence. you might, yeah, you might, you know, and I'm sure agencies or studios can attest to this when you work with an artist that has, you know, a cool portfolio or pretty, you know, polished stuff on the outside and then they get behind the closed doors and there's, they, they don't know, you know, how to make a certain thing or they haven't spent the time, you know, just kind of building maybe like the foundational skills that, that were important to them, mm-hmm. you know, then they can't deliver, you know? Yeah. So that would, that would be the equivalent of maybe just not taking care of kind of, and, and I've, I've seen that in myself is, you know, when you chase things, you miss the opportunity to build like a, a strong foundation and kind of build systems that, that work for you so that you can, uh, I guess, operate and like produce at, at a different capacity, not even at a better capacity, just at a different workable capacity. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then the, the other analogy with like the process versus the result personally, I don't really care. Like I, I honestly think, um, when I put work out there, dude, like it's interesting. Like, you know, I think there was a point where I saw, an opportunity, you know, I saw what, to be frank, I saw what Mike uh, Beeple was making in terms of like artwork and illustrations. And he had, had, you know, started to create these like magnificent, you know, kind of things that he could like crush in a day that no one else could do. Right. And still, I don't think anyone else can do the way that he does it. But that's because he's built, he's been able to do that after 10 years, you know, like he's established whatever system and whatever habits that have created his process that even maybe he's not even aware about, but he's able to crush those in a day because of the 10 years of like, so I saw there was a point where I saw he's making these things and I thought, you know, for a second, like I, I got distracted. I was like, you know, I, I do a lot of design oriented stuff and a little bit more simple and, and, um, I, I don't know. It's just not, it's not as illustrative. I would say like, it's not as conceptual, like from, from, uh, from a, uh, you know, a, a big viewpoint, you know, like his are, you know, very much a stylistic, whereas I'm trying to, you know, just experiment and fuck about with stuff. Yeah. And, 
but I, I saw that I was like, Oh, like, you know, maybe I should start selling prints and maybe I should start trying to do what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and I realized it wasn't working, you know, and I looked at kind of, I, I had to step back and just, um, I think look at what, what was working when I started out, like from day one, when I started these kind of everyday things mm. and look at why did I do that? What did I enjoy about that process? Mm. And how, how can I, how can I reinvent that struggle for me personally, not, not to, to chase something else, but like, you know, that kind of like that, the word I think of is like that authentic kind of journey versus, mm. Mm. you know, being, being, um, you know, uh, what's the word like just copying someone else you know or emulating someone else without really learning like the foundations of like why am i even starting down this path why is this the path that i'm starting am i enamored by someone someone's talent that i see that they can be done in a day but i'm not registering that that's literally like you know in mike's case 10 years or 11 years of work now yeah it's hard to register that right and obviously right. when you see something, you get kind of, you get a dopamine drop and a stimulation and you just kind of put up those like blinders and you kind of just go for the muse, right? That's usually what it is. But then yeah. I think it's good of you to, to point out, and we should definitely start to dissect this, is like the moment when you started to become conscious of your own actions and then started to reflect. And then basically what you did from what I'm hearing you is like in something that I really strongly encourage in my own self and then everybody else's, you do a reassessment, a reevaluation, and then a realignment with whatever it is that aligns to you personally, because that's what's so unique about art is it's important for us to make authentic art that makes us our own selves happy. You know? Yeah. Um, and then that realignment kind of builds everything else out. When did that happen to you? Because I think, yeah, I mean, it's I think people is almost like um, he's a light in the darkness. You know what I mean? Like and he attracts a lot of people's like he, he's kind of like this uh, glowing light, basically, if you think about it as a metaphor. And mm -hmm. his work is basically definitely inspires a lot of people to go out there and make things mainly, I think, because it's very digestible, especially more and more than ever in today's kind of phase where it's just like, wow, you can make that in one day. Like it's kind of akin to like um, those like get rich fast scheme kind of things. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. like it's like it's almost to the person that never doesn't know anything about this. It's like, how is that even possible? You know? Right. But you're right. It's because he's been after it for 10 years plus, you know, and he's got his own system going on, you know, but a mm -hmm. lot of it's like, is it the, is it the aspect of just doing all that art in a, in a day or is it the consistency of doing it or is it the art itself? You know, like I think there's multiple different things to be asked there, you know? So. Yeah. That's the part that I've been finding interesting is that when people, when people, you know, if we're speaking about every day is, you know, exclusively, the idea, you know, is I think when people say, oh, like you're an everyday artist, there's like this stigma going, OK, you make stuff like people. Right. Like like there's that kind of attachment, like, OK, like, you know, that's just that's just where the everyday movement kind of originated from. So if if you're you know, you're doing everyday, so I think people's mind goes to that because it, it is such a beacon for for um, uh, for the cause, let's call it or for the for the idea. But, you know, I was thinking like the other day, I'm like if the goal is just to make something every day, you know, there are so many different parameters that you can put around that. Like as a, as an artist, if you're looking to grow that are no different than any other trade or any other skill, right? If you're an author, right? Like, you know, the art of war or sorry, the war of art, 
Mm-hmm. If you're an author, just write a page a day. You know, it doesn't even have to be good. But I think, you know, you're not, if you're an author, you're not like looking at other authors and going, okay, I need to write like that or I need to write like this, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's guys out there like, um, like John Dickinson, right? Like the making it look great, like the modeling thing. And, you know, I admire him because his stuff is so meticulous, right? He's not doing it every day. But what I'm saying is like he'll post something like process wise. Mm -hmm. you're like oh this is like a slow burn like this is like a slow burn that's going to be like something immaculate like right now he's doing like some old school like uh car you know car yeah yeah you know and you're like and it's so admirable to like watch that slow burn as someone who sees you know other people that are just like firing out work that that is you know based off stuff that may not be building like a like a and like a a long-lasting skill set you know yeah I, f- I felt this pretty strongly when I went to the Louvre or the Louvre, Louvre, yeah. Le Louvre, Le Louvre. <laughs> Croissant. Okay. But I went there and, and I was there with my wife and my friend Florian and we walked around and it was just like, I'd never been around that much art in my life. Um, it's besides like on a, the internet, but like that in that presence, you know, it was just that insane. scale, the scale, it's, it's just a scale. Yeah. It's insane that the human mind and body made these, these works of art. It's, mm. it's really, um, especially like the really large, huge form. Ones yeah. The tap, and, like the tapestries and the war scenes, like oh, those it's just insane. It's yeah. like, it's insane. And when one thing I really, I had a revelation when I was there and I think if you're listening or if you can get out there, if you had a chance to get out there, you should really go and experience this and be enlightened by this because what it does to you, at least what it did to me is it, it, it kind of like grounded me and it reminded me where art comes from kind of and where things go in my mind, the way I processed it, it was art when the original in the original form at, at the Louvre, most of it in the beginning, especially was like, you know, bought and paid for by the church to, to translate um, God's word, the Bible into, you know, visuals that would help them basically, you know, explain what it is that they're doing basically like super epic PowerPoints, basically. Um, <laughs> screaming. I'm sorry if I'm offending. It's a, it's funny. It's a funny bit. Um, but anyways, uh, so you have like these amazing PowerPoints, I'm just joking. And, but the thing is you kind of think about is like these artists, um, these things weren't made in a day. No. It would slowly chip away at them. And because it was under the church, the church had, you know, wealth and money to pay these artists. And oftentimes the artists would be paid in like, Hey, you just, feed me and and house me you know yeah and in, in return i'll do this and so the trade was completely different in the in the in, the, in the, the direction of the trade was totally different you know there was an agenda the agenda was to spread you know christianity or whatever catholicism and um and the church which would be basically the people would pay for it and i thought that was really interesting you flash forward to our day what's the church now mainly it's corporations and corporations like Nike and Apple and Microsoft and all these different things, those mm-hmm. are basically take to have taken over kind of that position. And so you look at the art now and you look at like, okay, well, where's the rate of exchange and all, you know, video games and movies and all that kind of stuff. But there's, there's media. Yeah. Media basically. And, and we're consumers of it. We started our the podcast talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that we're, we're out of this bubble. It's we're completely within it. Um, mm-hmm. but it, what it did to me when I watched this and I looked at it, it was like the rate of exchange and the rate of creation was completely different. I think it was probably a little bit more natural, the rate of exchange and the rate of creation mm-hmm. much more back then. I think the rate of 
of development and growth and, and basically art creation is a little too rapid um, now because I feel that I see a lot too, like people that really love, say, like um, 80s or 90s uh, action films and they'll go off and make like concept art. I see the concept art and you go, it looks cool, but it's not original. It's not authentic and it's not unique, you know, because they didn't sit and think about, well, why, what made Predator Predator, for example, you know, if we break that icon down, Predator's Predator because of like all the the nuances and things that went into it. If you know the story about it, you know, like, you know, behind the scenes, like they made, they already made the alien creature and it looked like crap, looked like some kind of like funky, like big lizard. You know that? No. Oh, you should look into it. It's hilarious because the original um, Predator monster was like, like, it it was like a velociraptor with like human form. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a total joke. And um, like some of those things you see off the old Star Trek show, like, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, you know, get it done, basically, like get in there and make it done and get it done. And and I think what made the, the real one scary and grotesque and all that kind of stuff is because. It mimicked the human form, but it also had these like weird uh, displacements, and it was like more of a psychic kind of psyche kind of thing. Same with like H.R. Giger's work, you know, like yeah, yeah, it yeah. goes into that subconscious kind of weird, dark, um, beautiful place um, when he makes his creatures and stuff. So I think a lot of it just comes down to like really thinking about what it is that you're doing and the intention and working backwards. But I have a different process on it. But I'm just, and also at the same time, it's not like every piece of work you make needs to be a masterpiece. You have to be like aware of what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it. And especially and why, and, why, like, yeah, like the why. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really important to ask, you know, have the why and, and really kind of, I don't know, like figure out, I, I like to work backwards from there. When you go to make something yourself, when you're going off to make something, are you working backwards? How does it, how does it work for you? Like when you're doing a piece for yourself and let's just kind of talk about maybe, I guess your everyday process. Yes. Okay. So I would say it's quite frantic. Um, I, uh, I balance it out with client work usually daily. Um, but in terms of a process, like I think that's where it's been in the last, probably last two years, it's been, um, a little bit more focused. Um, with regards to like not trying to emulate something or trying to learn how someone did something, it's more going, okay, like if I go for a walk and I'm looking at a building, you know, what's causing that building to look real, you know, and then going, can can I do something like that versus looking at someone else's thing and then not understanding. I think that's the, the word maybe that describes it is like, what am I trying to understand by doing this? versus what am I trying to make? I'm trying to look at the, the beginning of it going, okay, what do I want to understand? Like right now it's, if I was to give an example, um, Redshift for instance, right? The, 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 you know, the idea of starting a new renderer, um, is a, can be daunting, but yeah. you know, um, looking at it and going, okay, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to make, you know, a fully conceptual piece in a day, you know, just with, with what my priorities are and, and how many things that I want to do in a day, I, I may not be able to spend eight hours on making an immaculate piece of artwork. And especially if I'm learning something new, such as a, such as a render engine, I've got to, you've got to pick your battles, Yeah. right? You just want to pick your battles so that you're not rushing out a piece of something so that you can like, for instance, sell it as a print and hopefully people will buy it because that's not, that's just not going to work. For me, what I look at is what is the skill I'm trying to learn right now? It's just materials and texturing and making sure that I can um, kind of understand uh, the strengths of of 
of what this um, what Redshift can provide, but in a controlled experiment. Like that's the thing. Like controlled parameters. Like all I'm doing right now is just. Uh, taking textures and applying them kind of to a similar structure, but I want to understand the fundamentals of like texturing mm-hmm. without, without saying I want to build a, you know, a mountain scene or, or, uh, you know, the inside of a spaceship or, or any of this, that might be my end goal, maybe a year from now, but I want to, I want to build strong foundations so that if someone says, Hey, can you build the inside of a spaceship? I'm like, yeah, I can, I, can, I understand how to texture that right now. Like, or they, if they asked me to texture it, I wouldn't have to think about ways because I, I think right now, if you look at the way that the systems are built or the way that people are emulating work, if they were given a task like, hey, can you texture a Jeep? They'd be like, ah, no, I don't know how to texture a Jeep. I, all I've been doing is texturing landscapes and blah, 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 right? Because they've just been kind of stuck within the parameters of what they've been doing without building maybe some strong foundational skills, right? Understanding how to build textures. understanding how lighting works you know and i think that and and it's a it's a super deep dive because the longer you stick with it the the further down the rabbit hole of let's just say texturing can go my approach gen like up until now and and it's worked very well and i think i I, for me anyways from a commercial standpoint i i I like to be able to do the generalist approach where you cherry pick right you don't have to spend you know three days you know on one I, like small portion of a project, but you can start to slap in, you know, shapes, MoGraph, blah, 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 and then start to, to put everything um, into a scene and, and come out with something that's pretty conceptual. Um, and now I'm starting to just lean more in towards the, I, I just found that maybe it wasn't building strong foundations. Yeah. And now that I'm starting a new render engine, I'm like, hey, I know I, I can, I know what I'm capable of from like the, the top layer of skills. But now if you segment those skills kind of into vertical compartments, it's like, how far down can I go down one of these um, so that so that I have a strong foundation? Foundation is so key. Yeah, it's such a it's one of the hardest parts. It's it comes from a deep discipline and understanding Mm -hmm. that there's gold at the bottom of this like deep dive because, it's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really difficult. But you learn a new language when you go that far down there. It's just like you're not going to be making great work for a while. You have to give up on that because it's just going to suck because you're basically understanding theory. And yeah, and and you're and it. yeah, like you can you can create a like a, a really strong piece based off the knowledge behind it, but people aren't like you said the process. People aren't going to see the process. They're just going to see a you know yesterday was just a bunch of shitty fog fog volumes you know mm-hmm. or volumes that mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm spending you know a couple hours just understanding. And like rebuilding that knowledge under a different set of parameters, which is, you know, could I have done that in five minutes? Sure. Would I have understood it in five minutes? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. It's for a, lot, a big part of the way that I've been working over the years is just like, just fake it to make it, make it fast, you know, like just blast yeah. it out as fast as you can. You don't need mm-hmm. to know all these other things. And then I, what I found is every day now I spend going backwards and going like, I love the, the visual you gave, which is like those vertical pockets, you know, cause it, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's modeling, which we both know we've kind of went through that. And then there's, um, well, there's poly modeling, there's hard surface modeling, there's soft body modeling. Yeah. So there's different avenues to this. I'm thinking about maybe writing this all out because there's a whole chart to this whole process, um, to go from point A to point B, basically point A being an idea in your mind to point B, which is like the final render for other people to see what's in your mind. 
but then you have like modeling and then you have UVing and then you have texturing and, and then you have lighting and then you have scene creation, then you might have animation. Um, and then you have comp, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, like, I know. And then each one of those categories, that's like a top level category. And each one of those categories is a vertical, you know, that goes however many layers deep. Yeah. Right. And I think what's, what's worked is uh, I feel like that as an artist starting out, you kind of want to figure out what maybe area you like. So you try all of them, right? You're like, okay, I'm yeah. going to do an animated piece. I'm going to do a little bit of texture. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to, to make something based off that top layer of, let's say each category. And you might not have like a fundamental understanding of, you know, the deep rooted cause of what, you know, makes a, what is it? A BRD? I don't even know the, the BRDF, you know, yeah, subsurface scatting, blah, blah, blah. The, right. Like the GGX, you yeah, know, like the difference. Ra- <laughs> like Raphael Rao is a great example. He's he, great. Yeah, he's a technical. deep, deep dive, very technical. And he like, that's his niche. And like, I, that guy blows me away. Like his skill set when it comes to even just explaining and, and he, you can tell he understands it. He does. Yeah. And he got, he, he's the type of person, cause I think what's great too. And I talk to Raphael, I'm like, Wow, we're so different. I love mm-hmm. that we're so mm-hmm. completely different. And he and he'll always be like, "I can't believe the amount of work you put out." And then I'm like, "Well, I can't believe how deep you go down to that." <laughs> so like, we both want a piece of what other we each other has, you know. And I think yeah. that's what makes like really great work comes from teams, especially like there's it's still a very it's very it's still very true. Like a a great team of of people can make a piece of work that's better than the single person, you know. Um, but I do feel like work is becoming more individualized as the time and power progresses into the individual. It'll be something we'll talk about later on, but, um, Mm -hmm. to, to kind of go back to what you were saying is, um, what's, what's one of your favorite parts of that process? Like what's the one that you latch onto most and what's your least favorite? Like in terms of like the, the top level stuff when it comes to like modeling and really, you know, like we just talked about the basic pipeline, basically what's, what's one of your favorite things? Um, I, I enjoy like texturing. I enjoy like, just, just, you know, I enjoy the design aspect of it too. Like solving, like trying to solve a visual problem. A lot of the work that's presented to me is like really like kind of, um, high level briefs, which is like a couple of words and like, you know, designs like, okay, so, um, Maxon, right. Did those, uh, the yeah, Maxon stuff. Talk about those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very loose design brief, but trying to solve a problem, uh, to communicate, you know, segmented categories of a product using color shape and, and then just going from there. But for me, it's like, how far can I push that? You know, how far can, can that be discovered with regards to lighting and texturing? I I really enjoy the lighting and texturing aspect of it. But that being said is that I'm, I'm enamored by animation I like I, that's something that I would love to conquer, you know, and just not have to think about because right now when I see things that are animated, I don't understand how that was animated all the time. I know there's either rigging involved. It's probably MoGraph, but to understand the fundamentals of what went into that animation, I can't just tell you. Whereas sometimes if you put a texture in front of me and you say, okay, what goes into making that type of texture? I could explain it back to you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, why I enjoy texturing so much, but it's kind of like, you know, when do you, how far down deep down do you go? And then when do you kind of put that new challenge in front of you? Sure. Right. Yeah. That's important too, because then you just Mm -hmm. kind of get lost down one of those rabbit holes and it becomes, yeah, let's, let's make sure uh, we, um, kind of talk for people that might not know, 
So Joey did the loading screen for all of Maxon R20's new like loading screens for like their studio and um, broadcast and all that kind of stuff. That's um, that's right, right? Like the is that yeah. what it's called like the loading? Window? They call them like key visuals, basically. Key visuals. So because yeah, so they walk <laughs> away and they take them to like we rented them out at a, a pretty decent size, and then um, they use them. Uh, Maxon will use them for branding, uh, packaging, uh, trade shows, stuff like that, and use them for advertising and, and media, basically. So, you know, that to me was, that was such an awesome job. Like, you know, after five years of like, of using Cinema 40 or six years of using Cinema 40 and it being such a, like a profound tool yeah. that has like beyond, um, impacted my life, you know, from a creative perspective, from a, you know, a business perspective, you know, you know, financial perspective that, you know, that, that tool, um, you know, because of the rigorous use that it's been put to, um, to be, to have that opportunity for R20 was rad. Yeah. So rad. yeah. Super cool, dude. I'm happy yeah. for you. That's awesome. Yeah, fun. yeah. I remember seeing, and I was like, I didn't know that. So I didn't know that you had made it. And I was, when I was looking at the loading screen, I was like, wow, or the key art. Um, and I was like, that looks really nice. Cause I'm always, I always wonder who did that one, you know, on, on Adobe products. They uh, put it both, on there. Yeah. We both done those. And I even, I use, I, I use media encoder all the time. So your art yeah. on media encoder, which is funny. Cause I'm always like, oh, I wonder how, every time I see, I'm like, I wonder how Joey's doing. <laughs> I always think that. Um, <laughs> and I did the after effects one, like a couple years ago. Years ago so that yeah. was really, that was it, it, that same feeling of like, there's for me i don't know it, it sounds like it was similar but like there's a sense of pride um yeah not, not like an egotistical one just like damn I'm, I'm really stoked to be a part of this you know oh dude i think it's fucking weird okay so because i like because i fire up r20 now and i'm like that's weird living in your own little ecosystem man it's yeah, awesome it's funny, it's funny. Uh, yeah r20 is pretty uh pretty banging yeah, I dude, just yeah. saw like I just saw the latest Houdini thing. I'm like, geez, man, it's, it's getting crazy. Have you pl have you played with Houdini yet? Don't touch it. Yeah, no, don't touch it. I'm not <laughs> touching it. Uh, going near it. <laughs> I love I love the idea behind it, but I'm just like that's like falling off a cliff. Yeah, like, to me, I just be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I've been saying that for years, and I have a couple friends that um they they've really been starting to show me the light that like it doesn't you don't need to go. Well, I mean, the thing with Houdini, um, for those of you that don't know, we're talking about Houdini is a, is a 3D program. And it's kind of like, from the way I understand it, is there's different levels of programs. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them do limited things. Some of them do a lot of things. No matter what, though, it's almost like digital cameras now. People are like, hey, what camera did you use? It's like, at this point, it doesn't really matter, to be completely mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple things that you want to have. But like, for the most part, it's the it's the lens usually. And then for the most part, obviously, it's the user because the camera can't take photos. It just sits there. Um, yeah. So, so much. I mean, I've seen amazing work come out of Blender, like incredible yeah, work, totally. like high yeah. level, like what? Blender? You know, like yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's a free program. Um, yeah. And I've seen some insane stuff come out of Cinema 4D. It's why I use it because a lot mm -hmm. of my friends and people that use it and it's amazing. I love Cinema 4D. Um probably just can continue using it for all, for all, all the time. But dude, there's just so many aspects of it oh, that we, dude, I don't massive. even, I don't even know. I know like 2% of it. It's like yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. but I, that's kind of one of my faults too is like, and that's something I would always ask you like, Hey, how do you do that one thing? And it's like super simple stuff, you know, but it's yeah. like my knowledge. I've realized that I had the same thing I did with after effects. Like 
I know a couple things super well and that's it. And I don't know, like I just kind of blinded out to all their other things. And now I'm going back and like doing all the fundamental stuff for After Effects. I'm like, oh, dude, like I'm obsessing right now for Trap Code. Uh, yeah. Particularly. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this yeah. is super powerful, like crazy powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Houdini, um, from what I understand, what I've been seeing is like, it's like the the super grandmaster boss. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it, like it's, the- it's insane. Like you can basically do anything in that thing, that program. You can model, yeah. texture, UV, uh, sim. You could do all of those things. You can make the most insane procedural art. You can do procedural modeling. It's like it's in a level that's completely unique, but it's you definitely, yeah, like you have to enter with caution because it's like one of those programs that would just completely consume you if you're not ready. And I think I really yeah. do believe that your brain should be somewhat naturally programmed to react to the the way that it works, basically. You know, so it's and it's definitely. From what I've seen, it's not as like horribly confusing as like um, ZBrush, which is still to this day like a bane of my existence when I use it. Sorry right. to all the ZBrush guys. Once you understand it, it's like insane, an epic program. Like when I start using it, I'm like, this is great. I love it. It's amazing. But it's, it's like counterintuitive to the oh, stuff that we know. It's yeah. insanely counterintuitive. To, basically, it's just the language. It's the language of the user experience. It's like so so backwards to the way i've been using things a la photoshop and all these things you know yeah yeah i think if you're like if you've the first program you ever use is zbrush you're you're good you're gonna really hate going to another program so because yeah you're gonna have to learn all over i really wish that the zbrush guys didn't just like throw everything else away in the world and i don't know what the deal was with that but anyways (laughs) i've ranted about that long enough i but i will say i do love zbrush i'm just saying that like it's a bitch to learn and i'm not the only one that says that but a lot of it comes from habits and stuff but yeah i'm I'm, i was wondering if you were going to start getting into houdini but i think you can really especially seeing what r20 is producing what the amazing team programmers at maxon have been doing Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely like you can do some incredible stuff, especially with R twenty, all the Boolean things and like. I think the like fe- the field features. thing is probably the field thing is I haven't even really skimmed the surface of it, but to me, I think it's a it's a whole, um, yeah, it's a whole like it opens up a whole new uh, set of possibilities with the functionality of like MoGraph and a bunch of other things, like how fe- fields aren't just like just like uh, you know effectors; they're now like a a, a whole u- new unique um, way of basically affecting other things and i i've just skimmed the surface like i you know just got it up and running probably like last week and um you know it's yeah it seems pretty robust <laughs> yeah super robust yeah yeah you know, it's just cleaner it works faster it's just a little smarter like yeah i, I i'm still like <clears throat> Um, I don't make enough time to go through all those things and the features I'm i'm like notoriously bad for like just not learning certain things and going to other things. And, mm-hmm. but I always like the approach, like if I don't have an agenda, <clears throat> when I go to make something, I'm just kind of just making Tingering. errors. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and I'm finding the errors. And I think that I always worry about the influence that other people have on my art. Not worry. I just very cautious of it. I don't mm-hmm. want to follow a tutorial verbatim and just kind of do that one thing. You know, <laughs> I like to do just you- f- watch a little bit and then, then stop it and go off and make a mess and then maybe come back to it, you know? So, yeah. 
Do you read um do you read the help document in cinema? No, it's like I, I know it's insane because it's the not documentation? all the information. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fastest way to I think like cuz I'm a reader, like I when I watch tutorials I I have to watch them like two or three times. Yeah. Cuz either I'm bouncing back and forth or trying to do it at the same time or whatever, but the documentation in cinema 4D is just that's been like this it's like I can't imagine if they printed that thing out. Like it is it is robust. So anytime that you're just like stuck or not even sure, like if you just want to go through each icon and be like, what does this button do? That right click show help. It fucking takes you right to it. Like it is it's an amazing uh, feature. I, I yeah. hate it when I'm in another program. It doesn't have that. That's true. Yeah, it, I do. I yeah. do use it from time to time. Um, I'm just not nearly as disciplined to kind of like use it properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's incredible though. I mean, Maxon has really made an incredible piece of software. It's awesome. It's incredibly robust too. And it's very like responsive and it works really well. If there's ever a problem is usually like a hardware based thing or something, but it's, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a very strong, strong program. I love it. I wish I could unleash all its power on my hardware though. I've done some tests where I would stress it out mm -hmm. and it would, it would eat all my memory, but it wouldn't eat I don't think I think it would eat all the, the CPU um, resources and stuff. So there's some no. sort of like it caps itself off so it doesn't like destroy my computer, which is like, oh, I wanted to try and eat it all up. So <laughs> just are, to are see you, how fast I can make it, you know? So are you still um, dealing with your PC? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a never ending struggle, really. It is. Yeah. yeah PC yeah. And, and Microsoft. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for making amazing stuff. Not. <laughs> Sounds like I just complain all the time. It's just. I will, I'm being completely sincere here is like, I, I, I do enjoy this stuff. It's just like, it's really frustrating is all, you know, like I don't care work. about those things. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just don't care about that stuff. I don't, whenever I would draw or paint, I wouldn't look at the brush and be like, Hmm, I wonder where this ink came from. I don't give a shit. Like I yeah, just want to draw. get on the paper. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but there's, everybody has a different intention, you know? And like every time I would run into like, um, it's like this, uh, um, Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. With PC guys, they're like, oh, this sucks. This is the worst. And like, no, it's really good. It just crashes every once in a while. And it's like, <laughs> every day it crashes. And like, oh, it's, but you got to mind you, I've come from a Mac or Microsoft or Macintosh stuff, like Mac yeah. operating system, Apple stuff. Like it's super clean. User experience mm -hmm. is like to the, to the moon is really great. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just used to like, oh, you turn the computer on, it works and then you're done. Yeah. You turn it off. That's what, that's the world I came from. Not mm -hmm. like, oh, I got to troubleshoot to four o'clock and I got to pull my whole, like the other day I had to pull my whole thing apart, each piece of memory <laughs> to find out which one went off. Like when it's like, dude, really? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I had a delivery to shit to ship too. So I'm like, oh man, it's just the, it's just a problem. So, and I know yeah. you've had problems too. And you even, even had your stuff made by somebody, which I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> It's like yeah so <laughs> about that um so that company i don't know that, that company needs to be just erased from memory yeah blast them fuckers <laughs> so no, yeah i can uh, no no ncix uh good people that i work with but don't like they're out of business now they went bankrupt uh, and they they continue to uh, <laughs> you can look it up after this because i'm sure people who know of ncix already know this but they've just, uh, there's a document, I'll send you the link, um, worst, I would say the worst uh, data security breach in Canada, maybe the US uh, from from a tech, like a, a retail company oh. in like like last week or two weeks ago. So this company was information? Yeah, dude, this, the way the story's written, it's about an IT guy that saw these uh, 
you know, saw these uh, servers for sale on Kijiji. Mm-hmm. And he literally like documents the whole process kind of like in a narrative and has like screenshots about like he, he goes, asks this guy if the data is still on the servers and doesn't hear back from him for a couple months and all of a sudden um, ends up get hearing back from him. He's like, yeah, the data is still on these. He's like, oh, can I come take a look at it? I think basically goes to this like warehouse where there's like a room with like a mattress on the floor and like a table set up on the side with like a teapot and like there's a kid's playroom in the back and that's all there is in this like little warehouse room and these servers and it's like he describes it as a place where this is like someone would go and could, could like easily disappear you know like, <laughs> but ends up yeah ends up uh discovering that they've sold the, that they've sold the information about five times over or three times or four i can't remember how many to like people overseas and yeah it, it's it, well, people's it, personal it, information and shit yeah like none of it was encrypted so you've got like employees and like they even got like yeah like it's it was wild i read this and i'm like oh man first time i've ever had to like just redo everything get all my passwords get all my credit cards get all this and i'm just like you fuckers man what a waste of time jack yeah it's, it's crazy though the story when you read it it's like it's like whoa like this is like some dark uh some deep dark data stuff yeah it's like uh it's the future right there though because it's all ones but, and zeros at this point you know yeah yeah and then, anyway so around that the computer i have is uh it's still doing well um i want to I, you know, I'm looking at, I'm kind of looking at this kind of fork in the road going, you know, in terms of a production and what my goals are as like a person, yeah. as an artist, and then as a business and going, you know, what route do you travel? Do you go down cloud, cloud rendering? You know, Yeah, you were talking about this. It's good to bring it up because I had this on my topics of things to discuss too. Is, yeah, where you're at and then your position of rendering. Yeah, I think that, you know, you're looking, there's this, you know, the, the stuff that Octane's doing is interesting, like Otoy with the render token. I'm not sure how viable it is it's been around like they've been talking about that for years now yeah but it's like you look at ethereum and the stuff that's going on with ethereum and crypto right now and i'm just not sure how how that's going to work it's 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 definitely i never looked into that what's ethereum and well that's what that's what that that's what that whole render token is based on okay it's It's like like, there's tons of uh, of gpus out in the cloud to touch and use it it wouldn't even be out in the cloud it'd be like if your computer if you were part of the way oh, that okay. I understand it, if you it's basically like the Napster of rendering. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So sense. if you're if you're not using anything, you someone could rent, you know, your GPUs or it would just be decentralizing the whole rendering process is what they're trying to do. Yeah. Which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Put everybody's yeah. GPUs to work and yeah, that yeah, makes but, sense. But in an ideal world, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure what the barrier of entry to, to would be like for for just like an artist to understand it and and how viable it is. Um, well, you need to make it super like you know just point and go, basically drop your stuff and then bounce, you know, kind of, or just like connect your internet. It's almost like <clears throat> the equivalent of having like a localized internet to like you know like a localized internet, meaning like you have an internet that exists in your house, you know, yeah, compared totally. to like connecting to like the World Wide Web, for example. I think it's probably the equivalent. I've, uh, now it probably sounds kind of a little science sci-fi about like you know networking everybody's gpus but definitely it seems viable it's just like the logistics of it and it's like hey guys why don't you finish why don't you fix some of the plugins first yeah you know, let's, that let's, was where my mind was let's, going let's, 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 let's how about i mean i love the idea of putting your head in the future but let's like we got some stuff we need to deal with make now. sure let's make sure parts of part of it is in the present still <laughs> yeah please a little bit 
Yeah, well, like you, you, made the, you made the shift literally to Redshift. Mm-hmm. So what was yes. your whole decision for making that move? And we'll come back to the cloud thing because I'm really quite clear, curious as to where you went with that, but I'll make a note. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm not off off the Octane entirely. Like I yeah, still same. love it for look dev and, 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 you know, there are some strengths to it. The, the material editor is still one of my, you know, in Redshift I'm just struggling with. Just yeah, with, it's, it's not just as like, user friendly. That's for no, sure. It's like no. it's, you really have to zoom in. It's it's part of the old Espresso thing. I'm really hoping those guys change yeah. that or make a new one because it it does suck big time. That would that would that would make me a power user for sure. Like you I would just fly, love you could fly through it. You know. Yeah. So yeah I make you, I make like um, sorry for keep jumping no, all over you, but I make no. I make uh, presets in my library so I can just dump them in there so I have everything laid out so I don't have to do mm-hmm. all that bullshit. You do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like, saves a lot of time. It does. There's just ways that I operate in Octane when I need to just make a new texture that, yeah, you can like just drag and drop stuff and it automatically will replace or automatically reconnect. Um, And that doesn't occur as much or as easily in Redshift. That's true. Um, But, you know, they're listening. They'll listen yeah. to this, I'm sure. Not not the podcast, but I'm sure people have brought this up and they're they're really good at responding to feedback and getting making it the product better. So yeah, and I just think like between like Octane to me is like the the gorilla kind of renderer right now. It's like everyone can get into it. There's free versions of it up to like two cards or whatever they're gonna start releasing. And that to me it, it, it's interesting, but like you said, the fundamentals of some of the uh, issues, just like the bugs and, and, you know, you've got, I don't know how many developers are on the cinema 4d thing, but Amit, yeah, Amit, he's just like, you know, he's just getting, one person. yeah. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. And you can tell like, you know, just, I guess the pipeline of how people get brought into Octane is that maybe they don't know that there's other resources out there like a help document and stuff and so that they just don't know so they keep bombarding the forum and you know yeah, i didn't know either like when i yeah. started i was like whoa i, I mean I, I literally got into it because we're all marks and people you know and i yeah. was like oh okay octane cool yeah. i didn't know and i honestly i don't feel that i should buy a product and have to like search and scour through forums i just don't believe no. in that i don't no. i don't even know if there was a help document but that could be com- I know a lot of it and almost all of it is my own fault, to be completely honest. You know, like a sure. lot of it's just me not educating myself. But at the same time, it's like me going like, well, I pro- bought this product. I'm hoping it works. You know, then it when it crashes a lot and it's really unsteady, it's like it's very frustrating. Um, yeah. Just mainly because I'm not a, a, this isn't a hobby. You know, no, I'm literally no, like don't. keeping my family going with this stuff, you know, so I have to be very cautious about like how I use these tools and when I use them. And I think it's really important to have a candid, open, honest conversation. I would consider myself somewhat of a power user with this stuff. And, and for me to be like constantly frustrated, is very annoying. Their standalone is amazing. The standalone is very strong, but it doesn't do anything for me because I don't do anything on the standalone. Yeah. yeah, there are certain things in produ- like from a production aspect that it, it does get bogged down kind of in the end. Like uh, Chad Ashley talked about, you know, when you get that octane effect where you're like, you're just pumping along, you're crushing out all these still frames and you're doing this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to render these out at 4K and yeah, make fun. an animation with multi passes and blah, 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 blah. And you go to hit render and it's like, Bleh. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's great for still images. It's not good for production. That's basically what I look at octane as. It's yeah. really robust and fast, and I love how responsive the APR is. It's it is the fastest. That's mm-hmm. one of my that's one of the drawbacks with using Redshift is it there is a delay. It is slow. It's not as intuitive within the response of it. 
but mm-hmm. it's a workhorse. It's like a baby Arnold, basically. Not Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. It's Arnold, Arnold <laughs> the Render. <laughs> I wish they had a different name for that because it's like always really weird. Like, Arnold. Arnold yeah. it's, so, it's so powerful. It's like Arnold. the Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Render. Yeah. The yeah. BBs. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, the uh, the issue with it, I think, uh, oh, sorry, not the issue, the the benefits too, like I love the network rendering, how easy it is to set up yes. on Octane. Yes. You know, that is with bomb. Is with Redshift is is a little bit more of a. Uh, I don't even know if it exists. Does it even exist? It does. I, I don't oh, yeah, know. For I, sure. I, I asked them and they said it's like a new feature that they're working on. I'm like, damn, because I have two. I have two PCs that I bridged together with six GPUs total. But when I use Redshift, I can't. I can only use the the one machine. So I have to bug I, you about how you do that because I don't have a clue. Yeah, it's like in the command line, like this is the whole thing. Like it's all very, yeah, exactly, right? Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Right. That, that sounds like a day of time right there. You just said sounds like at least one or two days. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm already like three weeks behind on the things that I want to get done, like that matter to me, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so there's things like that <laughs> that I think could be more user-friendly, but that that's what also makes Redshift a production-ready tool is because guys that understand when they say command line, they're like, okay, cool, yeah, we'll get that in the command line and fucking blah, 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 and <laughs> look up 40 computers, and now we've got an animation studio. We're done. And That sounds that, good. If you're listening to this and you, you know what he's saying, please email me because I could use your help. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> I need an uh, IT guy, like, 100%, man. Like, Oh, you yeah. and me both, dude. Yeah, um, dude. Like, I, it, it would be good. I would love it if, like, there was a guy that loved this stuff and was down to just, like, be... Like a uh, like you know uh, on like like a free freelance IT guy for us because we're like we're in this weird space where we're not we do the work of a creators. studio but we're yeah, just yeah. one person you know yeah so yeah. but we do need certain things like I do need a tech guy like I need a guy that I can go like hey dude my machine fucking sucks can you can you help me figure out what's going on here and then have them you know login or whatever remote access and like fix whatever the shit's going on you know like that would be incredible because i don't care about that stuff man i just don't yeah like yeah and i no. know you have to a little bit but i'm literally like fuck that zero fucks, dude. Zero fucks. <laughs> i want to make a pretty picture right now <laughs> want to get lost in command line whatever that shit is you know so. yeah so the nature of that's where i'm like struggling is because i'm like you know what I'm, I'm right now, I'm currently trying to spend the time to understand where that competitive kind of advantage comes from. And right now I don't feel it comes from, you know, being able to bang out renders every day. I think it comes from understanding whether it's like, you know, like I said, texturing, but also understanding like the foundations of setting up a stable production ready area in your home. If yeah. that's what's going to give me a competitive edge, then I need to press the pause button or at least put out, you know, not spend as much time, you know, on my dailies and just go, how can I set this up in a, in a, in a more future proof manner? Yeah. You know, Good like data future proof. Yeah. That's like an well, awesome moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, but it's as, true as, though. I know you're as saying. much as possible. Cause I haven't yeah. thought about it at all. Right. And I get into yeah. these things where like, you know, my data storage is starting to fill up and it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah. it's like cooking dinner and everything's starting to like, you're like, Hey, I'm going to make this a mad analogy. Shit's like burning on the frying pan. Your pot's <laughs> overflowing. Your kids yeah. are like screaming and you're like, Whoa, kids, like, AKA clients. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your right? clients are there watching you, just disapproving of all your cooking maneuvers. <laughs> smoke, smoke alarms going off, uh, and you're like, ah, if I, I just would have planned this a little better. <laughs> I love the analogy to food always with art because it's the most like it's the most universal. We all understand it. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> and I don't want to give the impression like things are chaotic here. It's just that I'm such a I am a perfectionist a yeah. little bit. Well, and wants to be good. Yeah. And it's good enough right now, but it's not good enough for me, you know? And yeah. What's the verdict then? Cause I know you're, you're venturing off and I completely agree. I'm on the, I'm at this thing where I'm like, I have these two GP, I have these two computers they are expensive. Um, they have good stuff in there and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm seeing with the RTX and all that stuff. I don't, I haven't really paid it much attention, but all this like real time ray tracing shit. It's a beast, dude. It's It's super cool. And I'm thinking like, beast. Well, this is the thing. It's like, dude, every six months, do I need to buy a new fucking card? You know, and do you sell have, these? Well, like, do you have a 1080? Do you have 1080s or not? I have three 1080s. They're not yeah. TIs. And then I yeah. have three um, Titan Xs, the 12 gig ones. And those are the ones I put, like, I smash everything through. Maxwell or Pascal? I don't even know. I don't think they're Pascal. I don't the, think they the, the previous versions. Yeah, what I have. Yeah. original ones. Yeah. Yeah, they came out when the 980s came out, the TIs. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah and they were expensive so, yeah. as balls when you got them because they were like totally. 12 gigs of you know, RAM and all this stuff. And now like, what's this new one? Like, it, it can 11. handle. But, but it, it can, handle you can bridge them like SLIs, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's still up in the air. That's uh, the thing. How they, dare they? They say, they say you can. And the Otoy guys and the V-Ray guys say you can. But <laughs> I don't know. Until I see it, I, I'll you know I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 um that future-proof thing is so funny because yeah. it's like it's true. And so I'm sitting here and I think I have the same thing you are. And sorry to people that aren't into this stuff. This is probably the most dull conversation but if for, for those of you that are you you're you're our people you know exactly what we're talking about but i'm at this point where i have these very expensive pieces of machinery i'd rather not have them i don't want them <laughs> i'd rather yeah. be in the cloud yeah. um but i'm at the point where i'm like you know do i just hold on to these for the next couple of years ride them out and then get rid of them and then just you know log in to you know my goal i think would be amazing is just to use my apple stuff like use my yeah my yeah, Mac yeah. Pro and and then use cinema, but then log in to Redshift via via like a cloud network of some sort and have tokens and basically, you know, pay like a hundred bucks a month or whatever, two hundred bucks a month. And then I have access to like, you know, the fastest rendering if I need. And that that to me at the end user would be incredible because then I don't have to deal with like fucking software updates and blah blah you got blah. Stability. Stability. Right, you got stability that's user. the goal and i want to be able to use it all through my my the operating system of my choosing which would obviously be uh, apple because it's far superior i don't care who you are <laughs> <I'm> just piss <joking>. people <laughs> off um yeah. but <clears throat> that would be the goal and so I'm, I'm like in your perspective doing this research and stuff is that a far away wish is are we is that five ten years away or is that somewhat close oh, and what's what God. are you thinking about doing are you going to go full cloud or are you going to build a fucking mini farm what's going on well stability is like number one for me so i would like to just build a stable environment locally yeah but a stable and efficient environment locally but then when you know production comes in that i can flip a switch and have and have you know computing and rendering power without any obstacles right you would know this right it's like even if you need to get a farm right now there's these kind of small barriers to getting there right like pixel plow is a is a, is a great you know uh cloud render um i've never used it but everything i hear from chad you know he's like he endorses it and thinks that it's you know probably one of the easier ones 
to get on board with. But to me, I just want to be able to do it from my computer. I don't want to have like this interstitial stage where I have to like package up something, email it or upload it, you know, port over software, blah, 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 and yeah. then render it out there. Right. Like I just want to have rendering power. So there, there are, there are solutions all out the plugins there. and all that shit, you know, it's like kind of a pain in the butt, you know, but there are solutions out there that don't require that. And, and I've been, um, uh, there's a, a guy that, uh, uh, his name's Brandon Clements. Um, he helped me just kind of just get a better understanding of some of the opportunity. He's got like a, I think like a networking kind of, I don't know if it's it, but he's pretty, he, 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 you know, he knows about this stuff. I mean, when, when I say command line, I'm like just throwing that word out there. Like I'm smart, but he, I'll like, add your boy, dude. I'll add your boy. Come on, yeah. 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 He's like, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, he runs a studio. He's like, I saw him, I met him at SIGGRAPH uh, this year. Um, but he's, uh, glass hand studios, I think is, is the YouTube channel, but he's got some, he's got some interesting insights just on how to, to ramp up and ramp down. And I'm just scratching the surface of this, but I think there's ways to do it that kind of balance out that, that a not, you know, having enough power at arm's length without having to continually purchase cloud rendering. But when you're on a big project to easily enter and access a cloud, a, a cloud, uh, you know, the, the power that that cloud would provide. Yeah, you just basically want to not have to do much and just enter into a, a bigger computer basically. Yeah. Yeah. But aren't you, endo- aren't you endorsing a, a cloud render these days? <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't used it yet. No, I'm a little bit tested little bits and pieces, but, um, I thought that. I think it's called Render Blaze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, my friend actually, I was just, I, you know, you saw and you're like, you're at, you're as me. I'm like, yeah, I haven't even really tried it. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> now I have a friend of mine he's a really nice guy and he's, yeah. um, um, we tested out a couple of little things, but nothing really significant yet. And it, it's, I think there's always that barrier of entry. It's like, oh, with this and then that and then this. And, and then I switched from Octane to Redshift. So I got to figure that out too. So um, yeah. for those same reasons, again, it's just like, you know, I really, when I, this is something. What's your, what's your goal? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's your, exactly. What's your goal? And I will, I got to preface this to, to somebody that's listening. If you're like, you know, younger at this or you're a student to this and are like, we should all be, but like, if you're not a veteran, you're listening to this and you're like, what the fuck? Like for real is like, I didn't envision or desire to be having these kind of conversations about this kind of stuff, but no matter yeah. who you are at, what you are and what you're doing, if you're trying to do it at a high level, you're going to have to have some sort of like understanding of this stuff because it's, it's just kind of what comes with the territory. I think people look at it and go like, oh, nice render. Oh, it's cute, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, go make your own. Try it. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not easy. It's very complicated. Um, or, go, or go make 500 frames of that for an animation for a client with multi-pass. Like, how do you get to luck. that point? Right, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, have you thought about building a system or foundation? Sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and that the sometimes it doesn't is the one I worry about. I don't really, like when it works, I'm like, good, you're doing what I paid you for. <laughs> when it yeah. doesn't, I'm like, okay, why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? You know, and then it's like working backwards and going like, oh, it's like, like the other day I had a scene that was like incredibly heavy. And mm-hmm. I was passing it back and forth between Chris and I, and I was like, it wouldn't open on either of our machines when we'd pass it back and forth. I found out that it was like, had all these VDBs in there, and then the VDBs were just like, just totally smashing the CPU. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So when you, when you're done with that file, you turn all the VDBs off and save it. So the next person turns it on, then they have to turn on all the VDBs and wait like five minutes for the, for the yeah. file to actually open up and like work and stuff. And it's like, there's always something, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's always something I've been, what's funny is I've been going backwards to 
2D stuff, which is more After Effects, because like the other day when I was I was learning more trap code um, particular, I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. Like if I can get the null object in a 3D scene to match up with um, the 3D scene or the, the the null inside of which you can easily with you totally. Maxon stuff to After Effects, you can do. You don't even have to touch any of the part, particle stuff in Cinema 4D unless you want to, which you can. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine, but like you can really get away with a ton of stuff in After Effects. I think a lot of it too is I, I um, Andrew Kramer. We we live kind of close to each other. I didn't know that, so we started yeah. hanging out. And I'm like, wow, you're fucking. He's like the mega lord of the After Effects, you know. So that's been really cool and an eye opening too. Just because I kind of wrote yeah. it off a little bit um, when I started no. getting cinema, and I'm like, no, wait, hold on here. I think actually, what's the most powerful combination is Max, like Cinema 4D. Well, when it comes to this, it's Cinema and After Effects working together. Right. What's the right tool for the job? That's what he says, right? It's like, what, what does the job require? Yes. You know, does it require X particles or does it require some, you know, kind of like the assets, you know, that he provides to, you know, rock out some cool VFX stuff, Yep. you know, 2D assets. Yeah. And I think that's really the key here is like working backwards and understanding the why. But so you're going to build a localized farm, huh? That we're going to do. What's the details? Give me the details. What cards are you going to use? How are you going to do it? Blah, blah, blah. I think inevitably once we see the 2080 TIs and their actual real world performance, and if the, the VRAM stacks, I'll definitely get two of those. Okay. And there'll be, they'll be hybrid versions that won't come out till like December. The ones so that have, have like the water. water yeah, built yeah, you in. need those. If you're listening, yeah. do never, never get the air ones. The air but it depends though. It depends if that, if the NV link will work with the hybrid cards. That's one thing uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So that's a consideration. Yes. Uh, goal around here is I've just got a brand new Synology, uh, NAS sitting on the floor. Okay. Um, I got those. I got one of yeah. those. Which one yeah, did you get? I got the 1618 plus. That's right, baby. That's a yeah. good one. That's got like nine bays, I think. Right. No, it's only got six, but it's perfect because it's the it's this it's you can add on two ex- expansion bays okay. for a total of like sixteen sixteen uh, bays. Mm, um, yeah, but it's perfect. I'm just trying to figure out like fucking things like you run raid. out of space I, over there. Oh, the no, raid stuff. I'll have raid, fun yeah. with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did it's that. Like, it sucks, like, dude. It's the worst. Man line raid. Uh, anyways. Oh, and yeah. then sending like getting all your files onto there. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, yeah it's gonna yeah, yeah. take. It's gonna take a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have I one. It has nine bays, and I have um, I think it's eight terabytes in each one, or or four terabytes in each each one, and I think yeah. it's I got it's right behind my Wacom, so I'm like, okay, it's got. <laughs> I'm um, filling up two, four. I got six bays filled up right now. I have two more free. What are the bays filled with? The four terabytes, I think. Four, or four yeah. terabyte reds, um, Western Digital. I only use Western Digital. I've had problems with Seagates and all those other ones. I don't touch that shit. I grabbed the Iron Wolf Pros. I got four 12 terabytes. <laughs> those are the 12 each one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Damn. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I don't want to. I don't want to well, think about this for like three to five years, right? Yeah, exactly. And that will help you. That will save you all up to that time, you know. So right. And the next goal after that, uh, get everything over to 10, 10 G, ten gigabit uh, through my network, um, so that the computers uh, nothing. I have no local local assets, so nothing lives on the computers. Mm-hmm. It all lives on. It all lives on the NAS because once you have ten gig, and I think it's RAID ten, uh, which is one plus zero, yeah. uh, you can you can have read and write speeds that are pretty much the same as having Pull local hard local drive. store. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, so you the, would probably want to save your low, like whatever you're working on, on, on your like solid state or something like that. Like right, so you're just blasting hard, or are you going to keep it on the NAS? You're gonna you might hit a bottleneck with the speed of those. 
it may be, yeah. Like if there's if there's like an ongoing project, but the yeah. goal is to be able to write that stuff back to the NAS without True. having to wait days. Yeah. But the pooling the resources, um, I think again, I don't know too much about the stuff, but localize or not localizing, having a central storage for all your computers for all of them to access a map drive uh, is it's it's way easier um both from from a local rendering standpoint and also a cloud rendering standpoint yeah um, and i'm not going to go too far deep into that because i don't know too much about it but i can i can you, you will t- tell you I, I can tell you you know at another time <laughs> you will soon <laughs> when i've pulled out all of my hair and just been like Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is like through this conversation we're basically just trying to um we're just making our computers big. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like the photo I re- always laughed at when like Apple came out with that, like the trash can one, whatever, the Mac Pro or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, it looks so cool. It's awesome. And then like when you actually have to use it as a user, you have like, it's just like shit tons of stuff plugged into it. And it's, <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. funny. It's like the same thing with the PC and all that stuff too. Like, Because yeah, yeah, I can't fit fucking six hard drives. I guess I could probably fit, I think I could it probably could. fit could. six of them in my SSDs. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it would fit. I have like six bays, I think, because I have huge cases. Uh, so I could fit that, but I didn't want everything on just one. I wanted to network between my my Mac and and I use Dropbox for all this stuff too. So it's like, yeah, uh, it's it it is gnarly though. It's really you know you know it's really ironic about this <laughs> this part of the conversation because if we go back to the beginning and we're talking about like you know people being like okay like how did you get there what it's button true. do i so press true. and we're like this is Fucking this is assholes. where you end up <laughs> this is where this is what you have to look forward to and that's the thing it's like those questions really annoy me because it's like dude it's so like the response i could give you is so fucking big like you don't even i couldn't do this on instagram or twitter there's not enough like room in the world for me to do this like we're having a conversation. We still haven't scratched the surface. And we're talking about like, we're just skimming the tops of all these main topics basically because there literally isn't enough time. And this would probably be like incredibly dry for people that are interested in this kind of stuff, which is fine. Yeah. That's, that's, I think there's also this one conundrum that I've been finding as well as like, especially more now than ever is like, I feel that a lot of people expect things to be for them. It's like, dude, the world isn't like a fucking tailor-made suit to you. And the moment you start like realizing that it's like the moment you start like actually living and being aware of it, it's something that I, it's like a prima donna thing and I've fallen victim to it as well. It's like, I watch a movie and go like, wow, that sucked. And I go, well, maybe it didn't suck. It's just not for me, you know, and realizing that. So an interesting thing that I've had to kind of circle back on with, with my process is the balance between patience and commitment. Mm, yeah. You know, like that constant struggle to find balance between those two things. Uh, because when I started out, I was super committed. Yeah. And what happens is when you're over committed and there's no patience, you get like frustration and anxiety because you want to be at a certain place and you're committed to getting there. Yeah. But you're not patient enough to take all the steps and slow down enough to get there kind of in a way that's enjoyable. So but true. right. And then on the other flip side of it is, is if you're if you're just patient and you're just like, man, well, maybe I'll get there one day. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that's the right. Worst. <laughs> right. Then you're just then you're just kind of stuck in this Lots kind of a, thing. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you're too patient. And because you're not committed, you're frustrated because you feel stuck. Yeah. So I find that, you know, the balance striking a balance between look. I'm going to get there, but I'm also not in a rush and I'm patient enough to go through these things and I'm going to enjoy the process, right? Like that's where I think I got off track a couple years ago is that I stopped. I got to a point where it was like, it was, things started to get a little easier mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't put in enough 
hurdles in my way or enough challenges, I think unique challenges in my way to make the pros to, to have to recommit to something. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I could kind of, you know, take my foot off the gas and be like, yeah, this is easy. But then I found the frustration creeping up that I wasn't really growing. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I think, you know, when people ask, like, you know, when you look at someone like people or, you know, I think I'll be five years in February of every days. Yeah. Halfway there, halfway to people. Yeah. He's yeah. always going to be ahead of you. Yeah, he just needs to take a break. <laughs> I saw him in Seattle and I was like, maybe I should just club you at the knees and then I'll get ahead like, or just break your knuckles. No, yeah, I'm club him at the hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Fart on his hands with a black, black death <laughs> fart. Yeah. What crystal hand? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a good time. But when you look at, when you look at that kind of commitment and patience, you know, that it may take and, and can both attest to like, it's just sometimes you're like, fuck it. Like, fuck it. I just got to get this done today. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but striking that balance for people who are asking, it's like, you got to be patient enough to say, I'm going to go the distance or committed to go the distance, but you gotta be patient enough to say, this is just one day at a time. Yes. Um, and that's that, that to me is like kind of, I've kind of like wiped my slate clean. And when I look at my renders, I'm like, this is just for me. Like, this is just for me. Yeah. That's great. I love that. This is, that's the only reason I'm doing this. It's not, and if I do it, if you end up doing it for any other purpose than just for you and like you're the intrinsic thing that you're trying to learn or grow with, then you've lost, you've just lost. You're not going to go the distance because something else is going to drive you, whether it's ego, uh, validation, you know, that was a big thing for me at the beginning, like validation. Yeah. So good and bad, right? If people validate that level of validation or do you still seek it? It's a trigger. I think it's a human, like human nature to be triggered by like, Hey man, good work. Because if that triggers you, if you're triggered by like the positive validation, then you're going to get tripped up by negative validation or no validation. Yeah. 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 It's just, and if, and if that, then you've, again, you've lost because you need some type of, uh, you know, recognition in order to keep going. So you don't, you don't, so validation isn't a trigger for you anymore. No, that's awesome. That's some, just, that's some Buddhist well, monk stuff right there. That's no, good. It, well, it's like fear, right? Like it's not, it doesn't go away. You just acknowledge that it's there, right? So, so if a bunch of you drop something online and then a bunch of people gave you negative, um, like response to it, would that affect you mentally? Or do you think you'd be like, eh, all right, whatever. It, so it affects you make me, it work for yourself. You know what I mean? It, it will, it affects you in a way that. It, it depends. There's two ways. It can affect you without you knowing that it's affected you or it can affect you and you're aware you're that it, you're, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hate my work. Or, or you can just be aware that, oh, I'm, I'm realizing where this feeling comes from. And it's, you know, a place of ego or a place of, you know, fear because I'm worried about what people think. And sure. that's, is that your authentic self? It shouldn't be. Cause it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah you failed if you fail at something, learn from it, you know? And, and yeah. I think that I've taken, I've, I've taken a lot of those opportunities away from myself because I have been caught up. I've, I've been more, you know, sometimes focused on what the reaction was to it versus stopping and going even before what the reaction is, is like, what did I learn from this? Mm, that's a good yeah. point. If you look at yeah. something before you post it and really do some reconciling and think about it mm-hmm. and then, you know, like, why am I sharing this? And then, you know, more or less like, what does this mean to me personally? I think that's a yeah. good point because it really I, it's a good way to evaluate it for yourself internally rather than getting that like validation that that drop of dopamine, you know. Totally. And I think that that's what allows someone to stay committed to something, right? Like if you're mm. 
if you're just doing it for you, then you don't really need a reason to be validated and you can continue just fucking churning out and learning and growing and learning and struggling and growing because it's just you, you yeah, know, it's true. It's hundred percent true. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, you know, I've just, it's funny when people like, like give feedback on Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, it's always like, even like all comments I've kind of, I'm going to start doing a thing where I just, I, I'm, there's so many people, it's so hard to keep up with it. And I'm thinking I'm just not going to respond. I can't like read them, you know, like, cause the other day I have a rule, especially Vimeo. Vimeo has gotten quite dark in terms of YouTube, baby YouTube basically. But like on yeah. one of my things and I shared it and then like, it didn't really affect me much because nearly as much as it used to, cause I would seek validation from my art, you know, cause you mm-hmm. want an audience. You want to make sure that people are making this stuff for has an audience because it's really important. But yeah. there was a there was a problem I was having, which, which was like this. I was seeking it, you know, and mm-hmm. it, I think it was really unhealthy because it was a very unhealthy relationship that I was having with my expectations as a person. Like talking about the patience and commitment thing you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like this this person was like incredibly toxic. Like on the mm-hmm. comment was like long and toxic and like. Um, it had, they had its own agenda and yeah. they were going off about stuff and like they totally missed the mark. And yeah. one thing I realized, and, and I look, they don't have any work up They're Obviously they don't like, it's really sad of them, you know, like, yeah, it's, they're, it's a, like, you're a sad person. If like, that's what you're doing, you know, like if well, it's all a projection, doing, it's, it's like a projection, right? It's a, like, that's what validation is also. It's like, you need someone else because you don't feel that on your own, this is good enough. Right. Totally. So usually you need validation to be like, okay, this is good enough. But someone who does and projects that type of, let's call it toxicity, they're projecting something that, that may be a missing for them, obviously. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because anytime they would critique or something like it would just, you can tell it's coming from a place that they're too insecure to actually take the risk to make something and that they have, they have a high level of criticism within themselves that they can't even create even a piece of work because it doesn't exist. Um, and so it's, it's quite sad. I feel bad for that person at the same time. It's just like, well, it is what it is. And I think that's the, one of the weird things of social media, but I think that's totally, you're on point with that. And I think that's completely important to remember and consider is, and this is something that I ran into. I had a, I had an interview with one of like the heroes, our hero of mine on the podcast, uh, Peter Chung, who made, um, Aeon Flux and just a bunch of amazing things. And it was really a really interesting interview for me. It was kind of hard to do in a sense because he has um very unique and strong opinions about things and very opposing to me and he was saying like you shouldn't make work for yourself it's for the audience and i i I Mm. just completely strongly disagree because i don't even know what the audience wants and likes and i can't Mm -hmm. i can't try to even think about that all i can do is take all my taste the things i like and make the work that i do and then Mm -hmm. go that way that's the route I, i can't even perceive you know that well, do you think subconsciously, do you think subconsciously, like as artists, we're always projecting ourselves as the audience, right? Like that's the thing, yeah, like we're, of course. We're, so that's why inevitably we get disappointed if the audience doesn't align with our likes or our creation, I would say, you know, I think, I think that might be a, uh, you, you brought up a good point about audience though, um, going back to the Louvre scenario, right? you think about the audience in such a short form and we describe the audience as such a short form in like the present. 
Yeah. Right. Like the, the little snippet of time, you know, the little, the little Facebook, you know, you see these things like Snapchat or whatever that, you know, uh, you Google, know uh, Instagram story, yeah, all these things. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. These fast. things that just come and go, there'll be a flash in the pan. You know, we don't know in two years, three years and in humanity, like how much time did that make Look up? Look at the resolution. That's the one thing I always think with Instagram, the resolution is such a joke. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way yeah. to go. But you look at, you look at, these pieces that you're seeing now at the Louvre, however many years later that are just extraordinary that, you know, that, that stand up to now an audience that just can't even understand it. They no. just don't understand that. Understand it. Like, yeah. yeah. Are people still, are, are people still making work like that? Do they understand like the time, like some of those tapestries, I, I, from what I remember being there, it was, it was many years ago, but some of those tapestries, the, the, the size of them, they took, Years, yeah, years, like for an artist, yeah. like they would start doing a pencil sketch, like an under sketch or whatever. And they would look at that and go, okay, great. Like I'm going to be done this in about five or six years or four or five years. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of yeah. times too, even the journey of an artist was, was very long too. Cause you would, you would say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you'd, you'd, you'd study under the apprenticeship and that was a seven mm-hmm. year process on average. Yeah. And that's a seven years of your life. You would learn and study under a master. And then you, if you, if, if it worked out, you would go off and do your own thing and that would still be a long time. And then you do a piece. Yeah. It's very common for a piece of art in those days, especially those larger ones to take four or five years. It's very mm-hmm. common. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. And I, and to me, like, I wonder if there, I wonder what, what is the equivalent of that now? There's not, there isn't anything. Isn't, right. Isn't like that, that deeper understanding, you That's know, or that. the consumption, it's the consumption rate. And also at the same time, the client, you know what I mean? Like the client was the church, the church had patience. They would it, wait. Yeah, they would wait. They go, oh, well, so it's going to be a masterpiece from a master. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the system works like this, you know, Rembrandt came in and kind of wrecked the shop and was like, hey, I'm going to jam out paintings. He was just. <laughs> He would just paint it like a fucking madman, you know. He kind of yeah, yeah. showed everybody like, "Hey, he was like a beeple of his day, basically." Yeah. You know? Like, um, watch this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. Here you go. This is how you do it. Or Vitali, you know, like Vitali mm-hmm. Bukharov. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I think Rembrandt was one of those guys that kind of said, "Hey, you can make art rapidly. Check it out. I have a but system." But I think that you know? I think there's a difference between you know the ability to build a strong uh, foundation of learning and understanding. Like I can't imagine, I never asked him, but I can't imagine what people learned like, you know, in his first five years, right. That then he said, you know what, this is how I'm going to work. You know, Vitaly, you know, the same thing, right? Like he's, he's built up a structure of working and a a method and like a, like a, like that allows him to like be a Rembrandt. Yeah, you know? Vitaly is a total methodology. He has a complete yeah. method. Like, yeah, like 100%. a system. You, when you talk oh, foundation, he's got when keys you talk, and yeah. everything. Like he's got special keyboards. The way he does things, he has hot keys. Like he's a, he's a person that will read the whole document before like mm-hmm. really getting into it, so he understands what the hell the tool does. Yeah, and he cut he so he will work opposite to a lot of people, myself included, where I just like kind of throw myself in there and make random stuff. Right, because um, me, it's to me, it's like I don't care. It's like the end goal. But mm-hmm. then I'm usually, for most part, I'm frustrated or like angry when I'm mm-hmm. making stuff because I'm like, ah, like, why is it working the way I see in my head? Right. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, the, 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 those are d- different disciplines, you know. I think, I think from what I remember, Mike kind of went off and did a, uh, he has like a nice mix between those two things. And he also kind of understands how these programs work and, and understands how to like, you know, push the buttons that do the certain thing that he has in his mind. And he also seems like, um, he lets a little bit of play and act activity and then he kind of switches it and 
and you know, like we I think we turned him on to like Daz, and, that, and as soon as we turned him on to Daz, you see a lot of models in his in his work and stuff, you know. And then mm-hmm. obviously Octane was a big shift for him too, and like getting into Octane and stuff. So yeah, um, it's just interesting, like the methodologies that people can come up with, artists can come up with in order to you know support a higher rate of growth or a higher rate of output, but then all people see is the higher rate of output and they don't equate it to going, okay, hold on. Where did this come from? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, like where did this shift begin and how did, how did you actually implement those systems in order to, you know, fire off all this work at a high quality? Yeah. They, so it's, I think it's, it, yeah, it's a lot of things. It's, it's not even one answer really. Cause I remember yeah. working with Vitaly and Mache and Mache is insane when we're working on ghost in a shell and Mache is insane. Oh, Vitaly's just handing our ass to like, he's just, fucking wiping the floor with us like the stuff he, he will just drop you ever see that ghost in a shell like drop that he did you go to his website and you look at the work have you ever seen that uh um, i don't know if i've gone in detail yeah i, I went I, there's a bunch of the internet um, right now you can see, you yeah can, okay let me see i'm gonna send you the link and just take it in for a second that this this man he's doing many different things he went off and uh let's see if i can find his work here so ghost in a shell yeah so he did this, like this body of work. I, I, it was very fast, like rapidly. So just keep in mind, I think he's using a lot of key shot for a lot of these things, which key shot's really awesome for this um, kind of work. So I sent it in the Skype chat thing for you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like he, the work that he was doing on this, I think he was on it for like a couple months or something. But like the body of work... <laughs> I was like, dude, fuck off, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I yeah. would do like, oh, I made a building with like some stuff. Cool. And and then I would see like he was like he managed to model like a whole tank and like light it and render it. And he had a whole system basically. It was like this project was like when I was when I look back at it and I look at these guys, I go, this project was was perfectly made for him at this point of his life. As yeah. part of like it was a perfect alignment to be able to have him be able to do this stuff, you know, it's just insane. That's insane. Yeah. That's bananas. Dude, that's bananas. It's super bananas because like he would do like the body in a week or something and you get all yeah. these renders. So you do like, and it's the output is insane. And, and, and like, it's funny because I've interacted, I've encountered a lot of people that are like really angry, you know, like mm-hmm. with his output. And I'm like, why would you be angry? You just like want to work harder, you know, like, but yeah. they were like, oh, he makes us all look like shit. I'm like, that, well, that's the point, you dummy. You know, like, yeah. you're supposed to feel like shit <laughs> because if yeah. you aren't this good, you really need to figure out like, well, how? because he's human he, and he has the same amount of time in the day as we do. Yeah. But, but he's he's just incredibly disciplined and works really hard at making his, you know, he takes his work incredibly seriously and he's that's why he's one of the top. Yeah. Well, man, I think like, I think that just shows the level of patience and the balance between the patience and commitment that he's had going through the process. This stuff doesn't feel rushed, you know, but he can rush it out there. It's crazy. That's a thing, right? Like, like you're not sacrificing quality for quantity. He's like, you know, when you're performing, when a person can perform, I think at that like high, high level on both areas, then there's a solid, solid, solid foundation, you know, built up over years or methodologies and whatever crazy kind of, you know, things that he's done to support this type of output. It's not, he's not starting from scratch. He knows, you know, like people know their method so well that they're like, yep, I can do this type of skeleton structure within 20 minutes and you're like what yeah like what are you talking about that would take me like three weeks but they have some other system that they can go no this is how it's going to work yeah and it comes down to that discipline he's willing to sit there and have like the 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 full-on samurai discipline he's also really into like sword work and stuff he does a lot of like 
legitimate like he uses swords like he does like sword battling and shit so he's, like in real life real life real life shit yeah the vitality is a he's a beast man i'm excited i go to this car thing every year called sema and he's out in las vegas i never go to, to las vegas but when i do i make sure make a point to go see him and he's like one of my favorite people because he's just He's like, not only is he, the, he has the, he has the excuse to be the most egomaniac guy of all. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely 100% not. And he, he's just like the nicest, most fucking awesome person to hang out with too. So yeah, it's just like awesome. a total gift. He's, he's like a total gift to, to the artist community. He's to, awesome. hum, to humanity. I think so. I think, I, yeah. I mean, I vote for him for president. I put his name <laughs> down on the thing. I didn't vote for Trump. I just put Vitaly, you know, so yeah, but no, he's, he's awesome. And he's one person that like, I love to look at his work because it just reminds me how far I need to go. And I love that about the community, you know? Yeah. I love I think looking I, at people that remind me to go further, you know? I had read somewhere, this is kind of a segue, maybe not, but I had read somewhere like that you, you had written or posted or something, just like the idea of like how much work people should be putting out there, you know, and like the process versus the result. I know that we had talked yeah. about that earlier. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like for me, I feel like there's a fundamental like missing maybe on and maybe it's just where we're at with, with, you know, the speed of technology and the ease of output. But do you feel like people understand, you know, especially artists in CG, like in this type of new era of output, uh, do you think they understand um, the value of their work? No, they absolutely 100% do not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like from a business standpoint, no, 100%. Most artists have no concept of what it is that they, like their value. Um, yeah. That's 100% fact. Um, cause I encounter all the time. It, that was a big conundrum and I dropped a big kind of like, so uh, I think what you're talking about is a post I put on social media, just referring to like a magician and like, if you, yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And it became a big, the people went like, it was cool. Like it was really interesting because what I found out is most of the people that follow me are, are other magicians. They're mm -hmm. not, they're not like fans of art. They're like, mm -hmm. they basically want to know the the way that I did something so they can replicate it and do it themselves, which is totally fine. But I don't really care to show that all the time, you know, mm -hmm. and people go, oh, you're insecure, blah, blah. No, that's not it. It means that I don't want to affect your art. It really yeah. does because I want you to make your own shit because I want to be inspired by you. I don't yeah. want to always know the magic trick. I honestly like to see a magic trick like Vitaly's work. And I go like, wow, that's awesome. And then I deconstruct it myself. I start to learn the language. I wouldn't want to be a Vitaly uh, ripoff, you know. I wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. be Vitaly. That's not, not not my interest. I love that he does what he does and I and I appreciate it. That's all it should be for me personally. I don't need it to be anything else. So my whole yeah, thing was like, with, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to understand where the the disconnect um, the disconnect for people, you know, an artist. Because there's so many talented artists out there, young, old, whatever, in this space that I'm just trying to analyze and go for me you know it was important to understand the value because i would have done it for free right yeah. you know like fuck i'll create for free i do it every day but if you not for clients for me um yes. for yeah, make that clear but, i was gonna say yeah. wait what huh? Huh? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you know we, we because this is something we're passionate about i'm just wondering where where the not where the knowledge gap is or where the information gap is because there's things out there there's resources out there but how do you compare it you know i've been looking more in the space of like photography right because that's the closest thing that i can think of and it's like you know there are systems and there are measures in place for photographers to really understand the true you know the number value of their work no matter what the time is 
yeah. you know, no matter what the time input is. And it's I an think older art form is why. Yeah, but it, like, is it any different? No, it's not. But what I'm saying is, it's an older because it it encountered the market at an or a different stage. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The yeah. CGI encountered the market at a different rate. You know, I think it's it's same with paintings and drawings and stuff like how people hold value to them. It's different mm-hmm. because it comes from a different market space, from a different age of consumption. That's why. Right. So the book hasn't been written. No, it's being written right now. That's why it's all fucking all over the place. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and it's it's like people don't like for example like i really feel like i need to make a video or something for people to understand that don't understand this stuff to, mm-hmm. to understand like because i don't even understand it all really but i'm getting a better grasp every day to cgi art in general like and like to silence a lot of the bullshit like a lot of times i encounter somebody like did you model all that or did you do this or that and it's like no or maybe i did but i explained to them it's like my goal wasn't to model that my goal was to capture something there yeah. And then and then for them to be like, oh, just count the work and I go, well, okay, let's look at the result. Let's look at the result. But at the same time, here I have an argument for you. Mm-hmm. If you're that person that's doing that, I have something for you to think about. When you open a program, ask yourself, did I program this program? Did I make the code for this? If you totally. didn't, then shut the fuck up. Because like it's the same <laughs> yeah. argument. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. you're you're what you're doing is you're you're there's this weird Whatever. thing that I encounter is like a lot of these artists are like you know, you got to make every fucking pixel in order to make sense. Sure, that totally makes sense. It's cool if that's your goal, but that's not yeah. everybody's goal all the time. And to just assume and push that onto other people is like quite dumb. I think I, 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 I've been in that category, like been like a person. It's like, oh, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't create that thing from scratch, I think but we all have, yeah, yeah. The the issue, or not the issue, but the the interesting thing about that approach is if you think about it, what takes more energy, what takes more effort, what takes more discipline, no, like spending the time to learn it or actually having the courage to ask someone or in, you know, enroll someone in your vision in order to create it exactly how you want it created, right. In, In the time that you want to create it by. And I think, I think however you achieve the results, totally up to you. It's your thing. If you want to go model it, go model it. Go spend two years learning how to do hard surface modeling. Yeah. At least two years. Yeah. Yeah, But if you, if you want to be like Batali even longer, right. But if you, if you want to create this thing and you, you feel that people are out there that can, can, can be a part of it, then amazing. You know, then that's just as much, that's just as rewarding. Yeah, I just think there's this weird there's a weird thing that happens with the with when I encounter with CGI guys. It's just like, yeah, um, it's like, did you make everything? It's like, yeah, but maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But does it matter? You know, because like, I think the thing is, at the end of the day, it's like I could make all this stuff if I wanted to. I have no doubt about that because I could do whatever I put my mind to. It's just like, mm-hmm. what do I want to do right now at this time? And what's the intention? what's your goal? What's your yeah, goal? Exactly. And I think that's usually yeah. what it comes down to. It's like, what's the goal? And if the intention and the goal doesn't align, it's like, well, what's the point? You yeah. Know? So it's a tricky one, though. And and I do appreciate and I admire and I love like like guys like Cornelius who like will model and build out almost everything in their scenes. They'll still use like. You know, I think he uses, I think Cornelius uses like Daz and stuff to get his basic things, you know, so, um, or like, but at the same time, again, what I'm saying is like, if you don't make, if you don't code and program and make your own 
programs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, if you made your own program and code, that's cool. But then did you make did the you, processor, you know? Yeah, did you, did you build the computer? <laughs> yeah, did you build the yeah. computer? Did, well, um, not just put the pieces together and buy it on Amazon, but did you actually make the GPU? It's like, yeah. come on, at what end is it? Did you, you know? make the internet to buy those things? <laughs> exactly, you know? Yeah. Now you're getting it. It's like, well, yeah. where's your logic end here? Because it, what I'm saying is there's no, it doesn't make sense. The logic, you have to, your logic has to make sense in order for it to make sense, like to work basically. And it's like, if, 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 if you don't have, if you're not coming from a place of logic, it's like, what's the point? You know? So. Yeah. I, I feel like there's this huge opportunity. I know that, you know, when I would, because this stuff can be made so quickly and it, and it is kind of interesting and there is a lot of similar work out there, but the guys who have, you know, really like interesting, you know, unique, different stuff that you're like, oh, okay, I haven't seen something like that before. That's very cool. Yeah. You know, how do you give them or how do you not give them, but how do you provide or where is the resource to help kind of provide a compass that we're like, you know, you look at like graphic designers and you look at photographers and there's these kind of areas where they can, these resources that create a consistent type of expectation you know, on output and delivery and professionalism and blah, 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 blah. There's all these things. But there, I feel like in this new kind of area, there's not something like that. No, it's not established yet. It's why I think yeah. that's really why. And I, I get this because like I, I didn't come from CGI and I didn't come from photography. I came from drawing and painting. Mm -hmm. So and drawing and painting has been along, around for a long time. I come to this a lot when I think about like food, for example, like the art of food making, like we've been mm -hmm. eating food for a very long time. So it's established there's chefs, the sous chef, the restaurant, the kitchen, how things work, the respect mm -hmm. of it. There's also like, there's a lot of, you know, conundrums that happen in the food industry. Um, but there's, it's, it's also like an art form that's understood and explained and it's been around for a very long time. CGI and the art of creating imagery inside of computers is, is very new. Mm -hmm. and people just don't understand it and that's totally fine there's the magic to it but at the same time it's like they don't understand the the level the levels of of entry of, of complexity you know like and I'm, i know you've you've been through it and i've i'm sure people that are listening to this you're on a call with a client and they're like oh can't you just do that thing move that thing over there it's like <laughs> yeah there's a button in my computer i just hit that and it's done it's like no i have to actually every time i have to do those kind of calls i have to articulate and explain the client how much that's going to cost based on time yeah. you know like oh yeah. okay i can do that but that's going to render and it's going to take 12 hours to do so that's a day and they're like oh yeah. really i'm like yeah that's and i and i'm not and it's like and i explained to them like i have top the line hardware here and that yeah but it's just what you're asking is is seemingly easy well, they won't believe that now now that you've told them how great your pc works <laughs> yeah hopefully they're not listening but i mean it's 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 yeah. just it's a conundrum so it really is a conundrum so yeah, I think I think it does remind me of photography, you know, let's say even before like I remember when I got my first DSLR, right? Like that to me was my first camera. Yeah. But when you looked at the shift of the value of photography and the barrier of entry to photography and the cost, you know, like all these things, you know, when you need a, you know, let's say a medium format or you need to spend five, you know, high, you know, five figures just to be a photographer. And 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 then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward five years and DSLRs are coming out, iPhones are coming out. And now, you know, my yeah. cat can, my cat can be a photographer. Hell you know? yeah. Cat, like, what's it? What's your cat's hashtag, dude? <laughs> she doesn't have one yet. She doesn't have one yet. <laughs> Pussyphotos.com or whatever. <laughs>
don't you know? go there, people. It's probably yeah, solution C. Not yeah, safe don't. work. Just like a so, paw always in the photo. Just a big paw. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the thing is, is though, is now the landscape changed for photography. But does it? You know, you still have photographers that put out truly, you know, valuable work. Or there's other methods or other structures that have been put in place for them to handle or at least keep creating value through the quantity of work. And that's, that's just where I'm not worried. I'm interested to see where it goes and how, how much desire artists who are doing this stuff, you know, seek out that, seek out that information. You know, I, like, I remember I was, I was actually not frightened, but I was like, what the fuck? Like such and such companies get in a hold of me. Uh, I don't know what this is worth. They want me to provide a quote. What like, okay, like (laughs) I've done graphic design, I've done logos. There's, there's benchmarks for that, but there has to be information. But the only place I could find it was, was other guys that I saw doing similar work. Yeah, of course. And and to, 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 to pump the brakes and, and reach out to those guys, you know, and get the real world figures. Yeah. I was just like, wow, okay, okay. I can make a living from this. It's not just something I need to do for shits and giggles and i think that there's an opportunity you know maybe for younger artists or just artists that maybe haven't stopped to pump the brakes and go you know oh this is what like they just make up a number you know based off what they think it's worth and because it's maybe easy or or simple but at the end of the day the value for the client doesn't change yeah right so establishing kind of those benchmarks and at least getting that knowledge i think is is a huge is a huge resource that if anyone's taking this stuff seriously that they should they should seek that information out and i'm just trying to figure out where to get that like i've been to stock sites recently just to kind of get kind of a, a thing and there's like these you'll look at like you know any type of uh, stock photo site and yeah sure they'll be royalty free but you look at like what a market freeze or a buyout on that photo costs oh yeah where it's an exclusive yeah it's crazy yeah, like there'll just be like a photo of a kid eating toast and you want to you oh, want to toast eat. a kid eating toast oh that's yeah, yeah. have you yeah. have you seen that one no <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> no, bro yeah. I, can't, I don't have money for that shit it, it's got, locked up it's locked college up to a, pay it, for it's locked up in a safe dude that that toast money dude that kidding <laughs> toast money dude <laughs> but something like that it doesn't matter because if a company says we want that photo and we want it for three years or two years yep. and we don't want anyone else to have it that's six thousand bucks that's nine thousand bucks i've seen and yep. that's just that's just what it, like that's just the value that it's worth you know it might have taken the photographer you know an hour a day two hours you know whatever yeah but at the end of the day like if that's the value then that's the value and i'm just there's so many opportunities to kind of start creating that awareness um, that I think it's a, it's a, it's a huge opportunity to create more consistency and get people thinking about like what journey are they going to, what are they trying to create? Who are they trying to create it for? Uh, whether it's internally or externally. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that is a journey that it just kind of happens to with time for people too. It's like they have to go through that you know, like when I became a business person, when I would do my art, it's like my whole life I grew up, you know, thinking out, I, w- I, was, I was surrounded by really amazing artists. My family were, there were incre- incredible artists and, oh. and, and, but they didn't really make a career of it really. You know, most of them, they didn't make like a legitimate, like paying the bills kind of every day kind of career or like killing it and mm-hmm. buying like a supercar kind of, you know, like I was, and I always wanted to have that stuff. And anyways, um, you have to, you 
the long story short is I had to figure out like, well, how do you make money and how do you make mm-hmm. money properly and how do you value yourself and then how do you put yourself against others and then in a positive way but at the same time, like make the money that makes sense to you and all that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey. And I think it's something that you kind of, like you said, like it's, it's really smart of you. And I think it's also something that a lot of people don't want to do is they don't want to reach out to other people and be like, Hey, I, I don't know all this. I, I'm the first person to say like, Hey, um, I don't know this. I remember listening to an interview or hearing about Stanley Kubrick and mm-hmm. he, they said he was the most curious person in the room. He would always ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's a, that's a fucking amazing strength, man. Mm-hmm. If you're humbled enough to know that you're not the smartest person in the room and that you want to learn and mm-hmm. that you will become one if you want, if you want, if you want. And so it's like really good. And so like, I think with business and stuff, I would always ask the same questions from other people too. How do you charge for that? How do you bill for that? And it's funny because it's, it's a lot of people come to me and ask me for stuff. And like for the most part, I'm like, I don't know really, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, you always want to try to put yourself up a high and you don't want to say the first number. The rule of engagement with that stuff is like, get them to say their number first mm-hmm. and then work backwards from there. And then just kind of work with that and then kind of build out from there a communication basically. And then, you know, try to be realistic about your time and all that kind of stuff and making sure you know what you're getting yourself into and all that. Yeah. It's that whole, like that whole premise to me, like that whole dance, that kind of dance is what I call it. The dance, like, Hey, what's your number? What's your, you know, the the showdown. Yeah. Like, why is it like that? You know, like, why is it even that type of thing? Yeah, sure. Cause there's other people doing it. There's other places they can go, blah, 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 blah. But you know, when I go to the dentist, you know, yeah, if I can, if I go to the dentist and I say, Hey, you know, I need my teeth cleaned and I want to get this and I want to get that. And they go, okay, it's going to be this much. I don't go, okay, well, you know, what if we just like, you know, talked about this for a little longer, could you do it for a little less, you know? And I, and I know it can't be quite black and black and white like that, but it's just interesting to me that the creative industry as a whole, that's the, that's the, there is a dance. It's not just like, this is our, you know, I don't know. It is very weird. And I think a lot of it just comes from people not being able to value their own, their own worth, you know? And I totally get that. It's changing though. I see, you know, like, a lot of people are publicly speaking about how this works and like, um, like Chris Doe talks a lot about this kind of stuff too and totally. developing yourself, yeah. which is good. And I think it's really important. Um, it's also just a relationship that you have with people, you know, and being honest about it and being like, Hey, like, um, you know, I'm going to do this, this is that and blah, blah, blah. And then value, value, valuing yourself, but at the same time, um, valuing others too. And not like, you know, not making it like screw you and I'm the best. And, you know, no. so it's a, it's a matter of, of having a good relationship basically with these people that you're working with and, and trying to strike a good conversation of value and, and say, you know, at the end of this thing, um, I think the one thing I always value, I remember my value is like, Hey, like I'm going to make this thing. Yeah. And, um, you've come out, you've come to me for a specific reason because I make these things a specific way. And at the end of this, I'm not going to just give you something. I'm going to give you the best thing that I possibly can at this current moment, because that's what you're paying me for. And really understanding that and owning that and being realistic about it, I think is the key here, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's really the, it's, it's really the, um, it's the trick really, you know, in my opinion and just being really, um, honest and open about it. And I always say, even with clients, it's like, I don't just, uh, when, cause like when I agree to do a project, I'm like, I don't just do this cause it's like something that I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm going to pay the bills. Like I literally do it because I'm choosing to spend part of my life and getting this done. And I, yeah. re- and I value that and it's really important to me and I want to make it awesome. I don't just, yeah. Okay. But I'm in a different phrase phase of my life, you know? So I get that yeah. completely. Um, but I want it to be amazing. 
there's just no other, there's no other thing that doesn't make any sense unless it's going to be great. That's the goal, you know? So, and if I'm, if I usually, when I say that honestly, and I'm being very candid, usually my clients are just like, hell yeah, it's a human. Yeah. I'm talking to a human yeah. here. It's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that it's, if it comes from a place of like, I want to, you know, not just, I want to do my best, but I want to create, you know, create something that is, um, is going to positively impact, you know, the goal that you guys are setting out to achieve or, or whatever that might be. Like I think of like a guy who's building a house, you know, you're building something that's going to go somewhere and live somewhere that you're, you're probably going to drive by that, you know, at some point and you're going to have to say, I've made that. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and if you don't think of that thing up front and you're going to have to go, okay, I made that at some point, like you need to, I, I agree. You need to balance out what is the, the value of being able to jump into that project and being excited about making that, but what is also the value f- for them and what's, what's reasonable for them to be like, we're happy with, with what you made, with what we, what we could make work, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, it, I think, you know, whether it's a pricing or a creation conversation, it's all around the same thing around like business and professionalism and reliability. And, um, I just, I think that there's like so much opportunity to just look at other industries even and see how that's developed, you know, and see how those consistencies and methodologies have been implemented. And for artists, you know, and even myself, I'm still trying, I'm always trying to like stay up to speed on, on, you know, ways to improve, not just the creative aspect, but also like the, the conversation aspect. Cause I don't have a producer, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a creative director, you know, here. So there are conversations that as an artist, you may have a difficulty, difficulty managing, but if you're committed to, you know, running your own business and running your own profession and being like an entrepreneur, then you kind of have to learn, I think, to, to embrace those discomforts and those uncomfortable conversations just because, you know, at first they're not comfortable, but yeah, I think if you're committed to the client, then, you know, no one's going to lose really. No, absolutely. Cause, because you all win, you know, cause it's yeah. like, it's all going to make sense and work out in the end because it's just, it's basically communicating and being honest about it. Honest. Yeah. Them. I think that's really trick. That's the trick too. And I think it's just, that's part of it. But once you agree to do something, you got to do it the best you can and, you know, and be, you know, forthcoming and be as honest and direct as you can. And that's part of zoning your value and stuff too, which is really quite tricky as well. Yeah, where no you, doubt. Where are you going to be in um, five years? Still going to be doing every days? Where do you think, where, where do you think, where do you think your art's going to be in five years? Um, I think, uh, just based, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's in a five year look forward a, like that. Do you go far ahead or you, do, you don't think about it? I think, um, I don't think in terms of, I try to, I'm trying less to think in terms of specifics. Cause I find that, um, more recently I've, I've created goals that are like maybe more of a means to an end. I'm reading this book called the code of the extraordinary mind right now. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty, it Pretty's is good. pretty interesting. Yeah. I really like it. Actually, it's the first book that I've kind of like just jumped in and there's not a lot of it's not that there's not a lot of new stuff. It's just reaffirming some stuff that, you know, I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it ends up, uh, you know, where it's at right now is just talking about goals and like how goals, there's this balance that needs to be struck with goals and how as human beings, we, you know, we're programmed based off our, you know, belief systems that have been embedded in us in an early age that we don't even know we believe in. We just act within those beliefs. <clears throat> yeah. 
um, that you can go, you go out and set these goals. Like I need to make X amount of money so that I can do this so that I can do that. And then so that I can have the job that I want and marry the person, you know, like there's these, these goals, they call them means goals and they're so I can blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. But then yeah. it's like with the neighbor or something like, you know what I mean? Like it's like you're reacting to what's around you kind of yeah, without thinking then, kind of for the most part. Well, you're basing your goals off of things that you believe should be important. Mm, yeah. Like, that's I'm what gonna, I mean, like the social influence that people have on you or you yeah. allow people to have on you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from childhood really is where it, yeah, you know any of the formative years Almost i think it's all before, of it, right? yeah <laughs> a like, lot oh, of it your childhood's bad all this and that yeah <laughs> yeah well then you you kind of have these subconscious beliefs like you know um there's another book the buddha's brain it talks about rewiring and 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 um rewiring like like belief systems and being able to kind of re reprogram yourself but anyways going to the, the means goals is that i've I've done this before. Like in five years, I'm going to have, you know, X amount of money in the bank account. I'm going to, you know, be creating this type of work. I'm going to, you know, be living here in this type of house. But all of those kind of add up into a, you know, I'm going to do all those things so I can blank. Right. And, and for me in the five years is understanding this, like the, what the end goal is. So I can, you know, travel the world, you know, is it so I can, you know, just be surrounded by loving people at any given moment so I can have, you know, the best experiences, you know, in my life, like, like that fulfillment, you know, you need to have the means goals, but they're all based off of an end goal that, that motivates you rather than stresses you out. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that sometimes means goals are so like tunnel vision there's you're so focused on a means that you don't leave yourself open to the possibilities that are surround a end goal right if you're looking for fulfillment and you're feeling fulfilled creating what you're creating and all of a sudden you know but you you don't put like parentheses on it saying i'm going to make a short film with you know a robot in it with this 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 that can be something that you want to do but if it's not fulfilling you then why are you doing it? It's questioning, like question everything, right? Question why you're doing that thing. Am I doing it because it's based around ego? Because I need, I got to prove something. Yeah. Is it is or is it just based off pure growth? Like you want to grow and have that skill and like feel, you know, feel like you're learning and growing. Yeah. That's so it's good. Yeah. It yeah. It's good to question everything. Yeah. It helps. It helps develop for for me a little bit more patience in the learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I'm committed and those means goals really pressure commitment. They say like, you got to get to here by this date. And that's great. Like you like smart goals, they call them. Right. Yeah. But if, if you don't have the end intention or the vision, like you and I talked a while ago, like if you don't stop to look up, right. And stop to look at where you're going and why you're going there, then those become kind of pressure points and and you're committed but you're not actually being patient and you're not enjoying the process so inevitably should you, you enjoy don't the pr- process the whole time you think that's a good question i was talking about that today yeah. um that's a difficult one because i think there is pain that should go through <laughs> absolutely well yeah. you, I, I equated it to going to the gym right like mm. you know it is it painful to go to the gym if you're focused on the right thing I think if you're focused on the wrong thing, yeah, there's going to be days you go to the gym, but the days that it's painful is because you forgot why you're doing it. Yeah. Now, if you're already, if you're always remembering like why you're on the path you are for, you know, 
And it's as long as it's not like an egotistical validation driven goal, right? I'm going to make this thing so that I can prove or, you know, most people don't fill it in, but their mind fills it in. Sure. Right. Unconsciously right? too. Yeah. I'll just exactly. fill it in because they like, they can't, they don't want to put the thought in the fortitude it takes to, it takes to make that thought really be genuine. And they just yeah. kind of drop it in there and they're like, yeah. and then shit and like five know. years goes away and they're like, fuck, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm on autopilot. They call yeah. it autopilot, right? You're just like, Meh, and then also very common. It's very common. Dude, it, it, you know, I got swept up in it for sure. I looked yeah. at. I think we all my, do, though, right? I mean, if we're being completely honest, we're all yeah. We all fall into these these pockets of like, what the fuck? These wormholes, you know? Yeah, and you're like, what what just happened? What why did I, did I say? Why did I say yes to that? A lot of people, I feel like one of my best friends, him and his wife, they said, "I'm we're not having kids," and I and I remember they told me that, and I was so happy to hear that. It's the first mm -hmm. time I heard somebody say that and be like, "We're owning it." Yeah, not because I didn't want them to have kids. I, I don't care. They could have kids. It's fucking. But like, I everybody tells me I'm gonna have a kid. And I'm like, dude, you're not a kid wanting person, man. Like, I don't like. It's weird. Everybody just like, I'm gonna make a kid. It's like, I don't <laughs> think everybody should be doing it. Honestly, I think it's <laughs> yeah. a big fucking problem. Like, yeah. people need to fucking hold off on having kids, man. Like, cause yeah. having kids is like you have to be really ready for that stuff, man. And you got to be yeah. wanting it. So when my my. When, when, when Nate and his wife said they were not going to have kids, I was like, high five, dude. Like, yeah. awesome. Because you know yourself. And you, they're, they're like, yeah, we're just too selfish. We don't want to have to deal with that. I'm like, fuck, finally. Finally, yeah. somebody's saying this. Like, this is amazing. Like, so fucking rad. Right. And that's that's those societal beliefs. Right. Well, yeah. you, what do you mean you're not having kids? That's wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, okay. and well, what? Well, hold on. Like, who said that? Who wrote that book? Well, people that are like, we need to have fucking human species super powerful. Like, I get that. We're already there, though. We need to hold out, like, chill out a little bit here, you know? Like, there's got too many of us here. Let's just all take a chill pill and, like, not everybody needs to have kids, you know? Yeah. But that's just one of those, what you're saying is, like, that's one of those, like, you know, norms. That everybody's like, we've got to have a kid, you know? So, mm -hmm. wait, why? Why do you need to have a kid? Do you really want to have a kid? Really think about it. Maybe borrow somebody's kid for a couple of days, you know, like <laughs> trade off a little bit, you know, get a dog. I'm just going to borrow. I'm just going to borrow this. <laughs> yeah, just borrow that kid, you know, like <laughs> I have a couple of friends that um, they would, you know, they, they would like watch their um, nieces and nephews. And after they would do that, like we're not having kids. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember having to watch my little sister. I'm like, I don't want one of these. Dude. They fucking suck, dude. But yeah. then, um, but then you have your own, and, you're, and it's a, it's a different. It is a different thing because it is your, yeah. is your own kid. And but at the same time, it's like it's no fucking picnic, you know. Again, yeah. it's just like one of those things that says, like, okay, well, I'm 30 years old, so I'm gonna do this. I'm 40, I'm gonna do this. I'm 50, I'm gonna have a fucking midlife crisis or whatever, you know. Like, there's yeah. just like weird narratives that people, and I think a lot of it comes from how impressionist, how impressioned we are by our environment, and that environment means television. And the influence of like these fucking whatever these like gatekeepers of of culture have yeah. on you, and it's not their fault. I won't say it's their fault. It's you that it's you the dipshit that didn't think, you know. Meaning me when I wouldn't yeah. think either. I mean, we're all guilty of this thing, but yeah, that's, that's really true. And it's it's interesting because it is like the moment you wake up from it, you're like in that neo moment. You're like, whoa. Like I don't yeah. know kung fu. Like you're, <laughs> you're totally fucked because you don't. Yeah. You're like you're you you've you've kind of yeah. gone along with what other people think you should be doing. I think that's a big problem. You know, it's a huge fucking problem. And it's something that yeah. I find 
um, it runs rampant now, especially with the internet, because all these fucking jokers, Cheeto finger assholes are on there, like pushing people's, their opinions on people. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck off, man. This person didn't make the art for you, you know? Yeah. And just yeah, because yeah. you don't like it, go fucking fuck off, go make something, you know, like stop being yeah. a bitch. You know? Yeah. So I have, I have opinions about this. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell. Yeah, I can tell a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I get all heated. It's, it's, it's like a powerful thing, you know, cause it's like. I don't like when I see people that make awesome art being criticized for it because I'm like, dude, like let them fucking do their thing, you know? Or just, I don't, I don't get it. Cause they're just trying. Yeah. They're it's like just trying, you know, yeah. like it's like going into like, a sushi place and like demanding they make you a burger. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, like yeah. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Like nobody yeah. wants you in that restaurant right now. Like if you don't, if you go into a sushi place and you demand a hamburger, you're just, you're just as bad as somebody that comments on art that you don't get or understand or like, it's like, mm-hmm. then it's not for you simply yeah. not for you. And who cares? Like there is something for you out there. Just go find it, you know, or make it, you know, totally. And that's, that's the, um, I think that's the end, the end goal is like to be fulfilled or be happy, obviously with what you're doing yes. because it, because you're doing it, not because you're not as good as such and such, or you're not, you don't feel validated. You know, um, I going back to the, the point of being caught up in it, you know, I remember, you know, seeing, you know, five or six years ago, uh, Mike's work and going, okay, like, it wasn't that I wanted to be, it wasn't his work that triggered the decision. I'd quit my job, uh, before I kind of saw that stuff, but I was doing some 3d work at my job and they just weren't providing, or they didn't really have an outlet for me to kind of express that creatively. And I was like, there's gotta be a way. And so I started dabbling in it in school and, you know, work and, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know what I found, I don't know how I found it, but I was like, Googling grayscale gorilla cinema 4d, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is six years ago, when, drug baby. Yeah. but this is six years ago when like Nick Campbell's doing Photoshop tutorials, yeah, you know, and he's days. just, yeah, you know, and, and we had a chuckle about that. But the interesting thing is that, you know, I looked at Mike's work and I was like, holy shit, like you can actually make stuff like this. Okay, yeah. cool. Like, yeah. like that's the possibility, you know? And so shiny orbs with sass. Yeah. But <laughs> It was more so being inspired and trying not to, not to emulate, but I was more interested in like what's possible yeah. uh, and then trying to kind of craft that. But then, you know, I started to get, you know, a little bit more success or, you know, that validation and started to feed a little bit of my ego. And then I got off track. I just got derailed. Yes. You know, I got over, yeah, you get overworked. You're like, I can do anything for anyone and blah, blah, blah. And my time, I got unlimited time and I just feel, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, burnout, you know? And I love that you see that. And that's why we're yeah. homies because like, you, you have a conscious brain that sees these things and, and understands your faults and like acknowledges these things. Cause it's so, it's so easy to just go like, nah, blase and like, oh, it's not a big deal. And it's like, no, you're like, you're fucking up right now. Like you need to reassess, you know? Yeah. Like, you really need to fix, you know? like autopilot. That's what I call it. You're just like, what the fuck? Where did I end up? I was on autopilot. I wasn't watching where I'm going and I'm at some weird place that I didn't want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you just end yeah. up there. Yeah. And now like right now it's like, uh, you know, think about two years ago is when, you know, a lot of stuff kind of just like, I was like, what the fuck? Like what just happened? 
and I came up, came up for air and now it's like, you know, reassess, uh, you know, and just, just reassess and get back to basics, I think is what I call it. Like just getting back to the, like the foundations, you know, you talk about, um, that mastery book, right? Like oh, so just, just like I, I was on the plateau and getting frustrated, but now that I'm just kind of reassessing, realigning and getting back to like the foundations and almost like wiping the slate clean, but not like starting from scratch. You're no, just no, wiping. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're wiping Wipe the, the bad slate. habits out, wipe yeah, the bad yeah, stuff yeah. out and, and see it clean again. It's like, yeah. you know, a house, you have your windows and storms happen and rain and build up and all that stuff. Your glass was clean. And then over time, the dust and the debris and all that stuff, it makes your vision cloudy outside your window. You have to clean your window sometimes. Yeah. It's still there, but it's just like when you clean, like, you know, that feeling when you clean a window, I mean, I yeah. love that feeling. You're yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, dude, look at that. <laughs> it fucking looks awesome outside, you know? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing because it's, the glass is still there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cleaning it off. And I totally agree. I'm actually at the point, and this is good that we're having this conversation because I'm at the point where actually I need to go back and go back through mastery again, or like listen to that again, because, mm-hmm. um, I went on a binge and I was consuming all the self-help stuff and it was awesome and it really aligned me. But then it was like, I was almost doing it just to do it in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'd mm-hmm. already had the rule in the, in the engagements and the habits there. But I feel like it's really important, even though like if, if you, I think if, if you haven't even an inkling that you need it, it's really good just to go, okay, I think I, my body's and my mind's telling me that I probably should just revisit this, you know? Um, and that's, I th- I'm feeling that now, like I, I'm in a yeah. good place. I have a lot of really amazing things going on in my life and I'm very thankful, yeah. and it, but I, I want to sustain this. And I, at the same time, like, you know, we were talking about like, you know, being less frustrated or having the discipline, the patience to actually have that commitment to make something easier. Mm. Um, you know, and there's so many times that I've gone and done, learned things and failed at it because I just was like lacked interest or whatever. But mm. I'm, when I go back and start learning these programs again, like after effects, for example, which is like actually pretty simple program um mm-hmm. to get through because it's mm-hmm. a it's a just really great user interface and experience is really great because it's adobe and they know that that stuff mm-hmm. but like really understanding how to get to where i want to in there and like but then getting in there and not being frustrated or confused or like you know consumed with like questions you know so basically well, having the discipline to get in there you know so you can't be frustrated like the thing is you can't be frustrated if you're enjoying your end goal that's true. It's totally right. Like, how, how can you always, how can you, my end goal is always like, it, I, I just, it's, it's such a drew. It's just a fucking slog, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, fuck, it, you know, you can, like, yeah. If you can clarify that a little bit more to be like, right. yeah, like to be like, Hey, you know what? It's just me in a room. Like, like that appreciation, that kind of gratitude to be like, I can fucking sit in my office from my house, you know, being a fly on your own wall is yeah. kind of how I imagine it's like, and you're bitching because you can't learn this program fast enough. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Like yeah. people are in cubicles, man. Like, you know, like, and that's my patient we, aspect. I'm very, I lack patience in myself right. so, too. Yeah. yeah. So you've got the commitment. That's what makes you frustrated, right? Like, fuck, I'm so fucking committed to learning <laughs> fucking after effects. I'm going <laughs> to nail this shit by the end so of the fucking true. day. And if I don't, something's wrong. I, yeah, I get super frustrated. I like, I was trying to learn trap code particular in a day and I was like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Why can't I learn all this? this <laughs> <laughs> so while you have the commitment, commitment yeah, you know it's in the patience but if you have too much patience be like yeah i'll fucking learn after effects next week i'm not i don't no, care fuck whatever it's a time but, scale issue i think yeah and like yeah. timing it too i think it's really a difficult thing but it comes with time though i think it just comes with time and that maturity yeah. though it sounds like you've really hit like some big maturity strides though which is awesome 
it's just awareness, dude. Like I've just, I'm just trying to be a little bit more, not cautious, but just aware of, of the steps I'm taking, uh, and, and, and not analyzing them too much. I'm, I'm very analytical and I, sometimes I'm like, got like decision paralysis, like, Oh, which fucking CPU should I get? And I sit there and it's been like a month and I haven't bought anything. I could have just bought, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, with the, the camera stuff, right. It's like, wow, when's the Sony coming out? Oh, you know? and that's <laughs> the fucking, that's always the thing. It's always like, Oh, the fuck of all, all the fucking super duba 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 do whatever <laughs> fucking thing is about to do next month and you're and then before you know it six months goes by you have no camera you know and you've never and you've never created you haven't created anything and i'm like, yeah exactly and i'm like I, I had that same conundrum when i decided to get the sony a7 III, and mm-hmm. i was the whole time i was like well i'm just gonna wait for the a7s3 and if i had waited i wouldn't have taken all those photos already you know yeah if I you would, waited you'd be like me right now not yeah. taking any photos wait, you fucker go get a pic go get a camera <laughs> man don't Dude, pick up I the have, a7 III. i'm having i'm having a lot of issues with it. it's driving me nuts it's been i have a 5d mark IV or that's, three that's, that's all yeah, you need I then i know i do i know i know yeah. i take i mean it doesn't have great dynamic range but it's like whatever you know so and it, it does the job like i I had to send my Sony back out again to the uh-huh. camera repair. There's a shutter error, and like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go crazy. These guys are driving me nuts because they just Look put that. me through that like loop of customer service bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like, guys, like, listen, I'm not like some dumbass. I know what's going on. This, it's, it's literally legitimately documented online. This is a problem. Yeah, and they're like, oh, send it back. I'm like, no, I like. How about you send me a replacement? I'll give you this broken one. Like, yeah. but they have their whole, you know. They won't send you RMA, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. they got to go A to B, C. I get that because they're a big corporation. There's a lot of dipshits out there, and they would want to just like, oh, I don't know how to press a button, and then they're like have to troubleshoot, you know. But anyways, yeah. I'm just dealing with a lot of frustration with that, which is really a bummer because it's a really amazing little camera. Mm-hmm. But after three months of using and only 6,000 shutter, like uh, after, after using 6,000 shots, it's mm-hmm. like already faulty. And I'm like, dude, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. I don't yeah. know. I might have a lemon, but I'm just like – you know, it's 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 really frustrating when you buy something brand new and under warranty and like like they're not taking care of you as a consumer because it's like yeah. it's it's been like um, I probably lost like maybe three weeks. So it's just been gone in, in transit and at the repair shop and it's still there. I'm like, dude, come on, give me my camera back. Yeah. But a good thing. You know what? I have my 5D. So I'm going to use that in, the, in, in lieu. And it's, yeah. it's totally fine. But yeah, again, um, it's you- just like this is things that don't work. So there you go. I've got my eye on that pocket camera, that new black magic one. Yeah, there's always a thing, dude. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Every fucking yeah. month. That's yeah. a great thing about it. It's also the worst thing because it's like yeah. my I have a couple friends that are like they're camera hoppers, you know, like one just sold his A7 III because um, he made money off of it. He made like 300 bucks, you know, because he like <laughs> sold it at the right time because it's out of stock in Canada. And yeah. then he jumped onto his Fujifilm and then he, like he's loving it, but it's like yeah. shoots H two six five and then he can't edit it and he has to make proxies. It's like there's always something, you know. So, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, it's like fuck it, you know. I just got the new Mavic Pro two, like the yeah, drum. I saw that and sick, it's, dude. It's it's amazing, dude. It's yeah, amazing. I haven't even used the first one enough. I own it yeah. and I've used it like maybe a dozen times. You know, it's you know? a little scary. You know, honestly, yeah. it's a little scary. You got this piece of hardware it's expensive you're flying it through the air there's always like you can get in trouble there's faa there's all kind it's like you gotta be legit it's like a car mm-hmm. it's like the mm-hmm. responsibility of a car but like mm-hmm. even more crazy because it's in it's an aircraft 
Yeah. So that's my, that's like, I've taken mine. I've only got a little bit of fight t- flight time on it at the park and I'm, and I'm going kind of fucking crazy because I go zero to 100. So I'm fucking flying it way far. <laughs> I can't even see him it's fucking doing all kinds I'm of so aerial committed. stuff. You know? <laughs> 100% commitment, you know? So, but no, it's an amazing tool. We're, yeah. we're like, we're, we are in, in the Renaissance. We really, really are in the yeah. digital age. I'm really, I'm so blessed. So many to tools. Cool. there's no like i just posted like um, the houdini thing um that released for houdini 17 i was like the word board should be like non-existent as of now you know because it's no it's no possible way (laughs) and somebody wrote they're like it's like you went the word board went to instantly frustrated (laughs) like that's true (laughs) it's very true because the learning curve but yeah i think i I think yeah when we go back to like just goals like my five years I don't really know exactly what life is going to look like. Like, I don't want to be like, I want to be, you know, all those specifics. I think if I was to take like the last five years and go, okay, what would I, you know, what would I expand upon and growth and stuff like that is just continuing to grow with intention. That would be a a thing. Um, not to be too forceful, um, not to rush, you know, be, be find a balance between patience and commitment to have more, big life experiences, you know, uh, be open to more collaboration. I think there's things like that and really push. Um, there's a, a, there's a note in this book that says we just don't have big enough problems. Hmm. Like, Hmm. like we don't, we don't have big problems. Like what are your biggest problems right now? It's true. It's true. They're not, they're not life threatening problems usually. No. Yeah. And it's not like most for most people. Right. Yeah. But, but we, our minds live in this kind of like, you know, because of how, evolution has occurred our minds live like we have this inundate inundated fear of like something bad's gonna happen yeah (laughs) it's like it's all fucking fabricated and shit yeah yeah that reptilian part of your brain goes oh my god and i think me being aware of that like meditations helped a ton wow Uh, meditate huh yeah damn i couldn't do it i tried to i'm like dude my brain is fucking crazy in there dude did you did you do headspace I don't even know what that is. What is this? Are you fucking kidding me? What's Headspace? Oh my god! It's a it's Andy Andy Puddingcomb. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right. Andy Andy Puddingcomb or yeah. Anyways, he uh, he was a young guy. I think he was from California or from over in the states, and he went to China. Became like a full on like uh, or he went to Asia. Came on like a full on Buddhist, like oh. full on. Like I don't know for how many years. Came back and there was this struggle. The way he describes it, like, uh, I'm just doing a real bad job, but I'll give you the synopsis. <laughs> he was he was struggling, you know, being, you know, on the streets trying to share Buddhist theory and like meditation and like, you know, presence and all the all the things that come along with it, yeah. philosophy behind it because of how he was presenting it. Right. You know, they're they're usually dressed and they're out on the street. I don't know how how he was going about it, but it was very much in the traditional realm of 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 Buddhist Buddhism. And uh, he ends he ends up talking to his like master, I think it was, and said, "Hey, look, like I really want to expand. I really want to expand. Splinter. <laughs> well, there's it's both. Splinter. There's Shredder uh, and Splinter. Well, there yeah. you go. They're both masters, dude. That's how that battle's so epic, bro. Come on, go. <laughs> get that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ref going, yeah. bro. Wow, <laughs> dude. Okay, so yeah, he ends up coming. He ends up coming back and, and, and he gets the green light to kind of try presenting it in a different manner. And so he's created this app that's like just a fucking, it's great, dude. It's just, it's great. What's it's it called? honestly called Headspace. 
That's Dude, Nike, Nike's picked them up. Like I do these guided runs. Uh, they're like guided, not meditation runs, but they're guided runs where he speaks about. And I don't like running, but man, it makes running I enjoyable. Hate running. Shit hurts, dude. I know it hurts, <laughs> but it hurts a lot less like, when you're not thinking about it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, a hundred percent. Like I, I, there's a lot of things I don't like to do. I don't like to sit in traffic and all these things. But like, if I can keep my head busy with like podcasts or something. Yeah. Or a really good book, it, it goes by with a breeze. So I'm 100% on board with like these things of keeping your brain active while mainly it's like my knees. I used to do a lot of like BMX and like crazy shit yeah, yeah. in my day. And my knees are fucking blasted out. And now I do jujitsu and we're like fucking yanking at each other's legs. So, but yeah. headspace, okay, I'm going to check this out. So Dude, it's, and- it's, it's a way for you to like instantly get into being meditative and stuff, get you in that mode. Yeah. And it's like, and it's easy. It's not like this super spiritual, you know, like heavy, it, the way he's got, he's got a British. Good, Cause I don't like that, that part. That like He's got like a really soothing thing going on. No, no, no. He's got like a, it's very much like Westernized a bit, okay. I feel. And it's very approachable when he's got this like British, I think it's British accent. And he's Ooh, just very, very smooth. Voice, I love it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, it, I, you know, when you say that, it's interesting, like you, you always need to keep your mind occupied yeah. and busy and filled. I think, you know, listening to you, you could probably go with some less occupied, less busy. Hey, 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 no, totally. hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Because, because once, once you experience that, you'll find that things like learning or things like patience, like this other part of the equation might occur, might be a little bit easier to, to, um, experience, yeah. I find. Yeah. Um, you're more centered you know, then, right? Yeah. Do you like, it's just, it's, it's just that you're calm. Like you're just calm and things occur that may have felt stressful or may have been frustrating. Like this, maybe the, it would have helped with your after effects experience, right? Like, hundred percent. Yeah. Just more control <laughs> of the moment basically is what you're saying. Yeah. You're calling me a and, spaz. Okay. I get it. Well, no, <laughs> I'm just joking, but I totally am. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this thing. And then I'm like, dude, like I, I totally could use some grounding a hundred percent. Like some well, assessment stuff. So, well, you're good at like you're good at um, sharing the experiences of like jujitsu and consistency and mastery, right? Yeah. And and if this to. is yeah, and if <laughs> this is an area that that is you know is something that you haven't been stretched, right? Like malleable and and reprogramming that portion of of the mind, it is like going to the gym. You know, yeah. it's like going to the gym for your mind a little bit, and and the just first being week at, of the gym is the fucking worst. Yeah. yeah. First two weeks yeah. actually until you can just tell your you tell your body basically goes, Okay, you win. Yeah. Uh, like that you there's a there's this podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast with David Goggins. Have you listened to that one? No, no, I haven't. Fuck, dude. Dude. And you're listening to this too, like what listen to this. Not until you're done with this one, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> but no, the David Goggins episode is insane, dude. Like is he, it? he basically he talks about how, how he broke his body like into like he he folded his body into his mind basically and like and what he did once he found like this like he 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 went through it like just i'm not going to spoil it for you you're gonna drop your jaw when you listen to this dude it's insane like david goggins joe rogan insane it's an insane one and it just goes to show you in the show notes yeah oh yeah it's for sure like it's it's so good like david goggins um he and i follow him on instagram you guys crazy dude he's a Mm -hmm. fucking beast there's some people that like are just on that level you know and they and they, they just go to that to that level really and i don't want to put a label on him because i don't, I don't think he deserves it. i think he's just a, a really unique guy 
really yeah and interesting. he's interesting he's interesting he's incredibly interesting and he like he he'll make you think about things within yourself i think because of the journey he's taken he literally took like the 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 warrior's journey completely like through mm. physically and mentally so when you listen to his journey you're going to be like fuck dude like yeah. <laughs> joe rogan said all of like five words and you know like it's crazy yeah. it's like dave it's just a powerhouse you know so it, it yeah. makes you reassess the problems that you think you have i bet you're oh, like yes. oh that's not really that big of a deal no it's not my wife and i were sitting on the couch the other day and we were talking about like how blessed we are to have good health you know because it's like it's one of those things that's so easy to take for granted because it's just there like air is but like mm -hmm. man good health is just man it's this it's just literally the best thing you know and if right. you have good health you have no excuse really you know it comes in two forms right there's the physical and there's the mental and i yes. think you know i think um yeah my experience and just with what you know has occurred kind of in in my life and on on my perimeter with um with people maybe not having a total grasp of of just their physical health and their mental health and just that self-awareness i think it's really important I think yes. it's really important. And even at the creative level, like if you're on autopilot doing stuff because you're enamored by other work, just pump the brakes, just yeah. pump the brakes, come up for air and just go, okay, well, hold on. Like, what's my mission here? What am I trying to like, where am I going? Yeah. What's your voice? What are you trying to say? Yeah. You know, what, what is it that you're trying to do here? You know, are you yeah. trying to be, um, better or are you trying to be different yeah exactly know? or if you, well, if you want to be both you know like my goal yeah. i think it's one thing that i always tell people when they email me or they ask me these questions it's like you know i i do passion projects because they give me purpose of learning you know mm -hmm. and like every passion project is building me up towards a bigger goal people ask me what's your big goal i'm like well it changes it shifts as it should because life mm -hmm. changes and shifts but like you know, you asked me five years ago, I'd say, I want to make a feature film. You asked me now, I'm like, mm, I wouldn't mind making like a Black Mirror episode kind of, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being able to do it all completely as much as I can myself or like with a really talented type group of people. Mm -hmm. but my goal changes. And so if I know my big goal, it's like I couldn't just go out in there and do that now. I have to learn the whole process like of writing and creating like intrigue and knowing to edit and how to shoot and all that stuff. Sure, I don't need to know all those things. I can actually make, I can actually hype, like jump leapfrog basically like cheat level not cheat but mm -hmm. i can jump you know like in mario brothers you have those like secret levels you could jump past things you know <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you have those secret like super speed things or you go up in the cloud city yeah, um, yeah same yeah. thing i see that a lot with the directors i work with i'm like oh well you couldn't make what i make but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because you're my boss now and you're telling me because you have a vision i'm here to have, facilitate that you know exactly exactly um, yeah. and that's i'm 100 percent on board with that because that's totally fine that's how i get paid for but mm -hmm. at the same time like I, there, there's a level that I want to, I want to be able to understand how to operate the camera. You know, mm -hmm. um, I remember listening to like interview with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, John Lasseter. And he's talking about like leading his team when they were making toy story and how like it fell apart and how he had to come back and he had to miss his vacation, all these amazing things. Like if you ever watch the Pixar story, it's, I love it. I talk about it a lot in this podcast, but it's a really okay. great one. Um, Pixar story. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. just said that he didn't want to feel like he had to, like he wouldn't ask somebody to do something if he wasn't willing to do it himself. And right. I was like, that, I mean, that's a slow burn way to go because like you're not going to do the leapfrog motion. Like you're not going to jump into Cloud City and, and fall past the level just to get there. But mm -hmm. it, it's it's something that always struck with me. Anyways, what I'm talking about, those are my four full core fundamental things. You know, those are the things that resonate with me most internally in mm -hmm. regards to just kind of how I perceive and, and work through my process of why I'm doing what I'm doing 
and then, you know, interacting with what you're saying, the patience and the commitment to things and like getting things done. And each passion project is like another brick on the wall, you know? Right. So when you say like, when you describe the four things, like let's take the film, like the, the film thing, the black mirror thing, let's just deconstruct this for a second. Yeah. So you say, okay, my goal may be blank. So express, like describe the goal to me. So the goal for what my main goal, like in within five years or so. Sure. Yeah. So the goal is basically to make like an entertaining, interesting, unique and original and authentic piece of entertainment that lasts anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes, basically. Yeah. Okay. So why do you want to make that? Why is that your goal? I just really love putting people in the world that exists between my ears, really. You know, like I love right. like getting the ideas because I have so much shit in my head. I, I love getting that out and like letting people experience it. Right. And when you see people experience it, like, why is that important to you? Like, like why, what does that, what does that represent for you? Like when they experience it, the between your ears kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think I just really enjoy, it's like if I make a meal or something, I, I really enjoy when somebody experiences it and enjoys it, you know, that's a validation, you know, hundred yeah. percent validation, which we talked about earlier, which is like a, you know, sketchy thing to do. It's something mm -hmm. I enjoy though. It's a part of it, you know, that exchange and like saying like, cause, because for me, like the art form is beyond, you know, I was born as a white male in America. You erase yeah. all that shit. The art is yeah. who I am, you know? Right. And that experience of exchanging that and getting that to, to somebody is like, Oh, that's to me. That's like, you're experiencing me in my purest sense, you know? Right. So it's almost like your goal is to have people experience the authentic work that you're that you're creating 100%. really right so the thing about that is is like there's a difference so the, the the black mirror thing is a means goal whereas to have people experience you know and enjoy not even enjoy just experience your your most authentic work that's an easy goal because that's a motivating goal right yeah to create a to create a black mirror episode what if someone doesn't what if someone gives you a stranger things episode are you going to be unhappy you know, like if you're so, if you're so narrowed in on the specifics, right? Yeah. The 15, yeah. 40, it's not, I'm not necessarily yeah. saying in black mirror. Yeah. I'm just saying like a form no, no, of content. No, you're yeah. right though. Yeah. But the, I wouldn't the, get the hung whole, up on those details too much, but yeah. it had to be an authentic thing from within myself. Meaning like it would be a creation that would, you know, I would shoot, I would write. And mainly a lot of this comes from my interpretation, my interaction with my really close friend, Anthony Scott Burns, who yeah, yeah. He does what he does. He crushes you know? it. Yeah. He's a fucking beast, man. Beast. Yeah. So the thing that kind of is nice that is that the the other description carries you past any patience and commitment issues usually, right? Because you're like, as long as I'm focusing on creating work, authentic work that people can experience, then you can always live in a state of kind of comfort, like not, not comfort, like easily, easily, but more like, you know, let's call it bliss or whatever. Cause you're yeah. not worried. You're not stressed. You're not anxious. You're just like, I'm, I'm working towards a goal that's always going to be there, you know, yeah. uh, an end goal. Um, and as long it's just, yeah, it's a nice way to be motivated versus being kind of pressured. Yeah, it's true. I never really broke it down like that. Cause I, sometimes I just go Sometimes I don't want to overanalyze it because I want to just let it be what it is, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I worry that if I decipher it too much that it might reveal that it's quite shallow, you know what I mean? Or like when we went down to the lowest common denominator, we found out a lot of my intentions were coming for validation, you know, and I yeah, think but maybe it comes from, you know, obviously childhood or whatever it might be, um, which is totally valid as well, too, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you can clean the slate, 
right? You can clean the slate, address it, be aware of it, and then find the balance. Like then, then what possibilities does it open up? You know, like that's kind of, that's the part where I feel a little bit more empowered now is just to be like, okay, like fuck this shit. Like I don't need to sell prints. If I sell prints, great, but I don't need to like go into my work every day and try and figure out, Hey, is this something that someone's going to buy? Is this, is this art? Yeah. Is this art? Like, you know, the system that Mike set up, his work, I feel is like beautiful. I've got two of his pieces on my wall right now, like these massive 20 by 20 inch prints of people's work because it's artwork to me. It's illustrative. It's got a narrative to it, but I'm, I'm not that I'm like more of a, you know, I'm something else. I don't know how to describe oh, where you're I am. Yourself, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the work That's, that I, that you should be feeling that, you know? Yeah. So I want to create that space for me to work with. And I, if I was sitting down with someone, I wouldn't put these like bookends saying, Hey, you're going to do a a project that you need to sit down at your desk every day. And it needs to be this, you know, like, like (laughs) you're just going to suffocate that way. So I think, um, it's one of the hardest things I had when I was teaching because I'm like, do as I say, not as I do, you know what I mean? mm -hmm. It's so difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a a conundrum. Uh, the uh it's funny when people say like you know uh, you'll get people be like oh, i could never do an everyday or like you know oh, that's so shallow you know or it's interesting how they've projected their interpretation of what that is yeah i would always assess it because i would look at it too it's not for me but i realize that i do every day is every day anyways i make mm-hmm. art every day yeah, yeah. i just how don't do show it, it. it's just a different yeah. intention yeah like well it's it's like my everydays eventually become one of my films, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. I'm, every day I'm chipping away at something. And usually I, I for me personally, I, I, I feel much happier if I'm able to turn out a render as fast as possible. Like it establishes exactly what I'm after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's just the goal, really. You know, at the end of the day, it, it isn't every day. I just don't share them because I'm like, no, nah, no, nah. like sometimes it's like I'm not ready to share them or like it's mm-hmm. not a part of like what I want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I could see I could see both ways of looking at that too, and like I think a lot of it comes from just like you know my clones. What's really cool is one of your big yeah, influencers yeah. is is he's alive and he's here and he's somebody that you can communicate with. It's like that's a blessing. I think one of my biggest mentors, honestly, probably is probably Da Vinci. <laughs> he's yeah, not even yeah. here, unfortunately, but he's like one of the most fascinating people I've ever studied because he's fucking amazing. Like just yeah. that curious mind. The thing I've learned from learning studying him is he's a hundred percent curious right you get that same thing from a lot of other masters hundred percent curious they don't put they don't put boxes around themselves they're authentic you know yeah and they create that work um sometimes for clients and stuff and that was one thing i really kind of was when a reassessment when i cleaned the slate as you would say and i love that saying is i started to reassess a while ago i wanted to do feature films i started and i was living vicariously through anthony and seeing mm-hmm. what he was going through, I was like, wow, it's like a political, like, fucking fruit salad over there. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I'm not even into that. Like, that's not, the last thing I want to do is sit on calls all day and, and, and like convince producers that what I'm making is worth the money. I don't care about right. that. I'd rather actually build my skills to be good enough so I could just make it all myself. I don't, instead of sitting on calls all the time, I'll sit on tutorials all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, my own thing, you know? I don't yeah, need to make millions of dollars. I can make enough just to feed my family and keep things going. It's like whenever then, you know? Yeah. I think that's like a bit of big paradox for me. Like, um, is that the right word? Paradox, paradigm, paradox, paradigm, paradox. Know. There's paradox. two ones. What are you yeah. trying to say with it? It's with a conflict. Oh, okay. Understanding, well, trying yeah. to figure out. That's one of the things I've been trying to figure out is, 
the difference between a designer, you know, and an artist or an illustrator and like how, like how much, what's that? I fucking hate labels, man. Yeah, I know. Go ahead though. Cause they're, they're, they're so fucking, uh, they don't get me started on the label game. I know. What would you consider yourself then? Well, it's just, are you, are you creating something? Am I creating something to reach someone else's vision or am I creating my own vision? And, and I think those are two different projects. Mm, Very true. Right. Right. I think when you're creating someone else's vision, you know, there's a responsibility to meet, to meet, you know, at least halfway what you're trying to make happen, but also reach their vision. And I also think that there's the creator, just the pure creation aspect of going, I don't have to do this for any particular reason other than that I'm just doing it. Yeah. No, it's true. I love that part though. I mean, I always equate it to being a kid in the sandbox, you know? Yeah. When you're a kid, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a really great documentary called my kid could paint that. You ever seen that? No. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Watch it. It's great because it'll break all your shit. Like it'll break all your can like, because basically, yeah. yeah, it'll just be like, okay. Like it basically what I love about being an artist is, I'm trying to go back to being a kid where I would just sit there and draw and be creative. And I wouldn't care about any of the agendas that are on the plate. I would just make things. I love making things with friends and that, and when you're in that realm and you're just like, Oh, that's so sick. That's so cool. You know, like, and seeing your friends make amazing work and encouraging them, like loving it and really feeding on that. And then having that really great energy. That's where, it, where it's at for me personally. That's right. That's all I really care about. And so, but you can get so lost. And I think as you grow older, there's so many different like things you have to weave through that it's almost like you're building a skyscraper and you, mm-hmm. in your childhood is the floor level. And oftentimes like you break the, the elevators to go down there and you got to remember like, God, I got to go down there. Yeah. Gotta revisit, got to turn the lights on down there. You got to enjoy it. You got to run around in that floor level. You know, you get stuck in the clouds up here. Your life is like this massive, you know, construct. And it's important to remember to go back to that because like, man, there's no drug on earth that matches that, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I've never that. tried all the drugs. I don't know. Maybe there is. But like, <laughs> I, I can only imagine it's like there's, there, there's that one thing that is your authentic self and when you're authentically making things. And that's why it, I think the label thing really kills me because it's like you can't put a label on that shit. You just can't. Yeah. There's no, there, it's like word love. It's like, it's so, you can say love, but like, man, love has There's so many different applications oh, for it. Yeah. Four letter word. It means the most things in our like vocabulary. Really? If you think about it, it's, yeah. I mean, there's hate obviously, but like love, it, I think is way more powerful, has way more dimension to it. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's like trying to put, it's like, it, it, it there's so many things that you could put to that word that would still not even do it. It's like a definition when, when you truly love something or somebody, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's so multifaceted. It's yeah. Massive. yeah. It's uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like just re reestablishing what ground level is for you, you know, yeah, 100%. that's, that's what, that's why, yeah, the wiping the slate clean or whatever, but you know, technically you may be improving, but you're always learning. So you're kind of always at ground zero really, you, you know, should but, be. but yeah. I think sometimes we trick ourselves thinking, Oh, I'm never, I'm not, I'm no longer at, at ground zero. I I'm, I'm up here but you're up here is someone else's down there, you know? So yeah. and that's like, like a teenager at home. Like, you're not, yeah. you know, you're not the boss of me. Like whatever, you know, it's, it's the growing <laughs> pains of being, you know, like you go through internal growing pains, you know, or growth yeah. spurts, I would say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. And I think you'd see that be a, a very big misalignment kind of thing that occurs constantly. And that's a definitely a, 
an issue. But um, yeah, labels, man, I don't have a real hard time with them because when people ask me, so when people ask you what you do, what would you mm-hmm. say? To, what do you tell them? I say like I'm just a 3D designer. Okay. I design, I design things in 3D. Um, it's it's in an effort to not dumb it down by any means. It's just to kind of give the most kind of like you said, like like how do you give a word that describes something that people understand a little yes. bit, like love. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, like love, so that they can in, be open to you know what that may or may not be, and it doesn't put really restrictive bookends on what you're making. You know, do I need to go get photography to do this? Do I need to you know like what what elements? And it, I let them interpret that really how they want. Yeah. And if they want to ask questions further than that, then I can kind of dive down. But I think there's a it's a it's a hard question to answer. It's like what do you do? versus you know what are you right people yeah. answer the people always answer what are you with the question like what do you do that's great really really well said because that's exactly what it is i love oh, how sorry you, i think i think i got that backwards sorry it's like people well, will say like what, what you do do and you say i'm a 3d i'm a 3d designer who you are yeah. yeah yeah and it's like it's hard for me to describe what i do all the time you know? I, I, I all i care about is who i am i don't care about yeah. what i do because what you do is it's the past really because it's yeah but who you are is the present and where you're going is who you are you know or so, you just say like here's my website here's what i do <laughs> sure sure yeah. well i mean the different engagements right you talk yeah. to your neighbor that's what you say if, like if you're talking to like a client you, you know it's a different thing yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I always just say I'm just a creative person. You know, and my wife's pick. always like, "Well, oh, come on, you're not doing it." <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, he works on movies and games and stuff." Like, oh, okay, that's all right, awesome. I you do, know, so I just make pictures. Yeah, I, it's like, yeah, yeah. The and at the end of the day, that's really enough. what we're doing. You know, so some of them move, some of them are still. Yeah, and and some of them are hired by agencies and companies to take that authenticity and sell it and make a money, make money off of it. That's really you know. You break those things down and some of them is not, you know, and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's your personal work and sometimes it's not and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, so there's a, yeah, it's, it's a conundrum though. Dude, this has been amazing. I, yeah, it's been fun. I totally fucked off my, my day with like my agenda <laughs> and I apologize <laughs> I for taking, holding you so long. This has been an incredible conversation. No, I love it. I love it. It's, 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 this is actually, you know, it's crazy. Um, it's just, it's come, it's come at a good time. I think just with where I'm at and and some of the, uh, some of the stuff that both from, from a technical aspect, a creative aspect, and just like a personal aspect that, um, that I'm hoping that will, will permeate beyond this conversation for sure. Like, yeah, I love it. This has been like incredible. And I love, I love, um, you know, the podcast is selfishly me just talking to friends and people I admire. And it's like, I love when I get takeaways because you're going to make me think today. And I'm, you know, on my drive to jujitsu, I'm going to put on mastery again and start thinking about like, hey, clean that slate, reassess and come back and think where I'm going, you know, because, um, yeah, I, hundred percent, I, I think it's awesome. And I really appreciate you giving me some um, awesome knowledge and things to think about. And, and also I'm sure our audience, we dropped so many fucking nuggets of stuff on this one. So I really, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it and yeah, take, take some great things away from it. Patience and commitment, buddy. Patience and commitment. And there we have it, everyone. Big thank yous to Joey for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You know where to find the notes for this week's episode. It's going to be at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 189. You can also find links to the Facebook 
to the Twitter, to the iTunes podcast page, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you check that out. If you want to be a part of the community, check those things out. If you want to get at us, send us a comment, whatever, send us an email. You got something you guys want to talk about. Uh, if there's a topic that you want me to cover, something like that, um, let us know. Um, we're interested in hearing what you guys think. Um, yeah, so check us out. Check us out on the, the collectivepodcast.com. You guys go out there, have an amazing day. Be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.